years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Okay, hey, welcome to another Big Fake Radio Show. Joining me as always is new Larry, Kevin Jank. New Larry is my code name, not my real name. <laughs> All right. All right, this is weird because we had to do this introduction twice. Jank had two different quotes. That's blowing my mind. All right. Also joining us, my personal attorney, spiritual advisor, Tuffy. Do you hear a chopper? What? Both of you guys had two different quotes. Oh, this is amazing. I'm very impressed. All right, but anyway, later uh, in the second, right? Later, like the second hour of the show, we'll be reviewing Andy Sedaris's "Fit to Kill," uh, our beloved Andy Sedaris. It's a it's a fine movie. But first, here uh, in the first hour, here we have a very special guest, a longtime friend of the show. He hasn't been on in I think like at least four years, maybe. It's been a while. Four, four years, yeah. It's yeah. our old buddy Corey Seymour from Backpage Press. Corey, welcome back to the big show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For yeah. It's been a while. I uh, I could I know it was pre-pandemic at least, right? And uh, oh fuck yeah, yeah, it was it was a long time ago. Yeah, we have a lot of catching <laughs> it's up. Probably, uh, probably 2017. It's been a while, man. I don't know because all the days blend together, you know. And hey, it's all one yeah. Now, if someone said we talked three weeks ago or four years ago, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It seems like that's, you know, the same. I've lost all track of time. I have no idea. I'm very old, and I don't know what's happening anymore. But, uh, yeah, Corey, the other day I reached out to you, and I said, uh, hey, Corey, how you doing, buddy? And you're like, hey, Mike Dell. And then we were chatting it up, and you volunteered to come on the show. That's what we always like when people volunteer to come on the show. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I always love being on the show. Yeah, I hope you're not offended we didn't invite you back. But here's the thing. I just uh, I always forget to book guests. So no, I work I, booking I guests. Was, I just forget. I, I don't think I would have had the time. Yeah. Life got, life got pretty crazy for a while. Yeah, that's what we're going to get into here. Uh, before we get into all your stuff, let me catch you up on everything I've been doing in these last four years. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. All right, so there you go. We're caught <laughs> That's up. That's shocking. Yeah, I am. I am. No, you're lying. <laughs> We're caught up. Now, uh, but I guess we should do four more introductions. Uh, of course, Kevin Jank is here on the line. And, uh, Jank, you, you told me before the show you uh, always purchased shirts from Backpage Press back in the day, right? Any kind of LCS shirt you guys would come out with. I was all over it. Yeah, nice. There you go. Support the support the team. I then t- t- I'm name sounds familiar. I'm, yeah, you probably wrapped up a shirt I, like a burrito yeah. and mailed it off to him. Yeah, I, I we thought I that did. book once. And also our buddy Tuffy, real name Daniel Dykstra, but don't tell anybody he's hiding from the law. But uh, he also Tuffy, you got a bunch oh. of backpage press shirts, right? Yeah, I got the uh, the damage collection basically, and then uh, the Hoff big game hunt. I know I have that's. Oh, you got that one. Yeah. 
Good for you, man. See, I love that. I put so much time in that shirt, and I've sold like four. <laughs> and, <laughs> and one of my favorite shirts. I, 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 right. When, when somebody orders one of my favorite shirts, I'm like, I know immediately. I'm like, I, I really would like to meet this guy because I know I'd get along with him. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> the, All right. Right. You guys are finally meeting. Yeah, so, uh, Corey, uh, I think the last time we spoke, you were working uh, in, like, a marijuana dispensary, right? Yeah, selling weed. Are you still doing that? No. No, I I actually, believe it or not, I, I don't even know how I got into it. It's just, I, my wife, let's see, let's see how to tell this story. My oh. wife despises Backpage Press. Oh, she is the <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> no. She's like, oh, you have dreams? Fuck you. Oh, no. And, that's yeah, horrible. that's kind of marriage we have, yeah. So, uh, and she kept saying, Backpage always did great for, like, as far as keeping it, like, funded. But then, you know... She asked me for like grocery money and like mortgage money, and I'm like, I uh, I don't know where that's going to come from. You know, all my money goes right into t-shirts. Out. Yeah, right. I, how am I supposed to fund the next shirt? People are yeah. waiting for this shit. And uh, so, uh, she had one of her friends send me a link, I uh, to a job. And it's a medical marijuana or a patient counselor at medical marijuana facility. And, you know, most people, if they hadn't listened to the show back, you know, five, six years ago, know that I was a therapist before I started yes. doing uh, T-shirts. So I, I had, I had been, just say how it is. You know, I was a pothead when I was a kid, and <laughs> I had kind of dropped off a little bit, you know, as I grew older. But it always was, it always was around, and it was never a big deal to me. And and uh, but I ended up knowing, you know, when when Colorado went legal in 2014, I started reading a lot about like the science of it, and I started. It, you know, because I always felt like pot got bad rap. You know, it yeah. wasn't. You know, it, you know, it really. What you know, I grew up around a bunch of alcoholics, pretty much, and you know, and they'd be drinking. You know, they'd finish off a thirty pack in in you know a day and a half, and then t- tell me I'm you know I'm the bad one. Hey, hey, Corey, and we just had one so, of them alcoholics on the show last week. Uh, did you like? Uh, was it named Brandon Damashek? It was Brandon Damashek. That's an amazing <laughs> guess. See, I, I know all the alcoholics in Pennsylvania. It was. <laughs> it was Brandon. He lasted thirty-five minutes and yeah. uh, fell asleep here on the show. That's great. That well, BC, that's better than thirty-four. Yeah, you got. I suppose. Look at the bright side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so pockets a bad I, rap. Yeah. So I'm like, and so I'm trying to tease her because, you know, plus I I was at the point where I was going to have to hire somebody 
And Backpage Press, it used to be in, it started off in a, a little townhouse basement. And I mean, tiny thing with like one color press. And, and then we bought a house in 2015. And that's when I went and did commercial work. And, and I, I thought it'd be great just working with myself, my dogs, not working for the man. Yeah. Turns out no matter what you do, you're working for the man. Yeah. And, and I, when I, I didn't get to do, I, when I thought of commercial work, I thought of other artists and other people with, you know, who want to start brands and, you know, stuff like that. I, but I ended up doing pocket cheerleading stuff and, like uh, Holdiesburg is our is where I live, and their mascot's a tiger. I did so many ugly tiger shirts, and <laughs> I, I just I'm for so for I, I did it for six years by myself, and my forearms were like Popeyes from, from <laughs> pulling the squeegee, and I was just dead tired all the time and for those who don't know how the old school screen printing goes when you you pretty much make a stencil out of a frame of mesh and you have this goop on it called emulsion and it's photosensitive and you put a film positive on there expose it to uv light and bam you got a stencil and then you push ink through it and you got a t-shirt and that process that is described very quickly takes a long time and a lot of elbow grease. And it it actually is the hard, hardest part of the whole process. So when somebody wants, you know, like I'm having a, you know, family reunion or, you know, and, yeah. or, you know, you know, we have a cheerleading competition coming up. That is awful news to me because <laughs> that means I'm going to have to do like three or four screens I'm not going to be able to put out, like, I can't even post the artwork because I'm disgusted by it. You know, <laughs> it, it wasn't done by me. You know, I don't want that image. And and then I'll have to wash out the screens again. And so I was kind of, to be honest with you, I was kind of sick of it. And, yeah. but I, and I wanted to, it, I wanted it to go back to what it used to be to where I just made stuff I wanted, you know, yeah. made stuff. That I, that I liked and, and if you liked it too then you bought it and and so um i i applied for the job never thought i would get it i had what the interview had a horrible interview because i don't know what to say you're to yeah. essentially to be to qualify for this job you pretty much just say, say i've been a criminal my entire life <laughs> you know <laughs> and and so somehow i got that across to them it, like yeah you know i was real good at smoking pot for a while and <laughs> and, and they hired and they, they i'll be damned if they didn't hire me and then oh, yeah. i started on uh november uh 12th uh 2018 and that i was gonna it was only part-time so it was going to give the wife some money for that rent stuff and and month and food and and then I could I had like two months of orders backlogged, like the jobs I had coming up to do, and they called me into the vault where they keep all the pot, the sacred sacred place, and they acted <laughs> like I was in trouble. And I figured I was in trouble because I usually do fuck things up. And 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 um, I go in and they're like, 
hey, you did a great job. I'm like, oh, cool. And like, do you want to work full time? <laughs> and and we'll we, and we'll give you two bucks more an hour. So that they started me off at twelve, yeah. and that would have been fourteen. And I in in, in about five seconds, I had to decide what I was going to do. Yeah. So I said, sure. Yeah. And so I would work. We were open. I, I was. I ended up going out and the, on the floor. I have no retail experience. Um, and I have plenty of pot experience and I had to somehow blend that together. We were given no rules. Uh, it was like somebody gave you the keys to a sports car and said, I don't know what to do with it. Just figure it out, you know? And, and so there was five of us and it, and we just made this thing work and I would get off it. Um, we worked from, I think back then it was like 11 until seven, seven or eight. And so I, I usually get home around between nine and 10 and then I would print until midnight and get up and do it all over again. And then, um, I, I just was so, I, and I don't mean this to come off as a, a like bragging. I, I was just, I just didn't realize I knew that much about pot. You know, it turned out I knew more about pot than anybody else in the entire place. And they're like, wow, I didn't even know that. And, and, and plus I'm dealing with crazy people and they're on drugs. So it's like my old job, you know, and so I'm calming down people having PTSD episodes. I'm like, like, I'm also the biggest guy there. So I became security and, and, they just loved me. And did I? I did I ever, was there ever any trouble where you had to like throw somebody out? Oh fuck! Oh my god, yeah. I. Oh. I mean, you're dealing with so the people who are coming in there to get their medical marijuana were on also on things that were not medical, and <laughs> maybe things that were me, maybe were medical, but that wasn't for their med, That wasn't their medicine. Yeah. And maybe they, they might have taken a little bit too much of whatever. Yeah. And they might also have underlying mental health conditions. And so I just, it, it, it just fit, you know, and I, um, I, I just, I, I really loved it. You know, it, it was just <laughs> yeah, fun. It was it. exciting. Did, did anyone I ever did. take a it swing was, at you? One person called my they they no but this is better so <laughs> this kid i told i was i said to him is like this is right when the pandemic started and at this point i've worked my way out i had four positions at that that place i opened up three dispensaries two in ohio one wow. in pennsylvania so oh, yeah I, I was pretty successful yeah i, I got it, it, I mean, it really skyrocketed. And, um, like they called me, I was in Ohio in, in the morning and they said, this is on like March 13th. Cause I think the pandemic, I, for me, it hit around the 11th cause that's when sports stopped. So yeah. that's why I remember the date. It's kind of, I think it was on the like, 13th. So it was like, this is, imagine 
how grocery stores are, where people are buying bottled water and, and toilet paper and, and yeah, being yeah, yeah. But everybody's on drugs. <laughs> and everybody is trying to get more drugs. So imagine that. And I get a call at 1030 in the morning in Ohio. And usually at that point, at 1030 in the morning on a Friday in Ohio, all I have to do is drive home and my week is over. And they said, get to Altoona as fast as you can. <laughs> and Altoona is five hours away. So oh. I got there as fast as I could. I got there, and there was a line around the building. It was mayhem. And you would think pot, you know, we're not selling cocaine. You yeah, know? you think everybody would be really calm you know, we, and relaxed? Be cold? No. No. Yeah. The dispensaries are the most uncool places in the world. and. Like they, I had told, I, and you know, I, I, I can, I, I, I'm the way I look sometimes scare people, you know, <laughs> tattoos and a bald head and, and I'm yeah. like six foot, like 220. And, and I remember, like, uh, hey, hey, remember we went to that dinner, me, you, uh, the Ryan and Larry, yeah. we had that dinner. And uh, you right. had like a knee brace on, so you look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had that <laughs> knee brace. On. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And my my wife always says I have the resting bitch face, but for a man. So I, <laughs> I try extra hard to be nice, you know, so people yeah. aren't afraid of me. So I have to go out there and tell these people that hey, we are so busy, and <laughs> like our hours are shortened because. There's this like virus going around killing people, <laughs> and and you might not be able to come in and get your pot. I mean, we're not talking like your life saving insulin or yeah. you know or your cancer meds, like weed, man. You won't be able to get your weed till tomorrow. That's all I was saying. So I said it to five people, and they're and they're going, oh man, and but they were as cool as they could be the sixth person was this little <laughs> guy, kid he was about five seven and he thought it was like i went back into 1996 when biggie and puffy were killed and everybody <laughs> thought they were gangsters <laughs> and this kid he tried everything he could to piss me off and I, you can't, like, I, I refused, like, I refused to break. So I'll just stare at you. Like, you didn't <laughs> say anything you want to me. You probably even hit me and I probably won't do anything. You know, like, I, and, and he was saying, he's like, you know, I'll just leave imagination. <laughs> it, right. Like a bunch of expletives, but here's the best one. The best one I've ever heard. And he's like, you know what? Your mother, your mother, motherfucking faggot. <laughs> and I, that, that one got my, that got my attention. And I thought, <laughs> my mom is a faggot. Does my dad know? <laughs> like, this is big, this is big family shit. How, what's yeah. Thanksgiving going to be like? That's a you lot know, of controversy I, within I, the family, yeah. It was. And how did he know? Yeah. And, and I mean, and he, he yelled, he was raping me. He was raping my wife. I didn't yeah. know how he knew he was married. I think he, I think he just took a shot there. I could have had a girlfriend or 
or you know, but he, he was he was raping everyone in my family. He really and wanted that mom weed. Mom was a fat. <laughs> he was pissed. He was very upset. Name is Israel. And, <laughs> oh, you became and, friends? And, <laughs> no, I knew. See, that's a good thing. I I can look all your information up because of the state system. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, so I know everything about you. And um, so, but one thing, the funny thing is, is the kid that was right before me, I found out this is, so what was that, 2020 or something? Um, early 2022 or, or that's 2021 when the pandemic happened, I think. I have no idea. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> yeah. But the, ne- the next year, I, I, I ran into the kid that was fifth in line who I told <laughs> yeah. that, hey, you, you, you can, you can get it. What I'm saying is you can get in. I'm just not guaranteed. You can get in the line. I'm just going to guarantee you'll get in the door because those doors lock automatically. And, and if they do, then you're SOL. And, and so that kid, um, I, I mad dog this kid for 45, like, or I'm, I'm sorry, 15 minutes. I watched this Israel kid because I, I, I wasn't afraid of him because he kept yelling these expletives at me as he was backpedaling across the parking <laughs> lot. So that's kind of a sign that he's not going to come at you. And he, and he wasn't big enough to, to hurt me. But those kind of kids are the ones you kind of watch out for because they're dumb enough to shoot you. Yeah. And, 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 um, over something like that. And so I, I watched him and watched him and, and um, the the kid the, the kid who was right before him that I talked to was parked beside him, and he I didn't know him but he I knew him from working there, and he was a customer and and um, I saw him talking to him for a good ten minutes and the kid's hood was up and he's getting all gangster on me and he's looking through his car for something in the side panel and oh. it's kind of weird and and then it ended. And then a year later, I, I, I ran into that kid and I brought it up and I said, let me ask you, you remember that kid who said my mom was a fag? <laughs> you know, yeah. I said, I said, did he have a gun? He's like, he did. <laughs> I said, did you keep him? I said, did you keep him from shooting me? And he's like, I did. <laughs> I said, um, all right. I said, well, thank you. I said, his name was Ben, and he used to bother me about T-shirts all the time. I said, uh, what's your next day off work? And he's like, Thursday. I said, meet me outside at 1 o'clock on Thursday. I have a bag of T-shirts for you. And, and, and uh, so that, I, that, that was probably that one. And the one day a car drove through the building. That was the, the, the two... Holy. <laughs> like on purpose? Yeah. Or was it, was it an accident? Or were Not, they trying to well, get in there to get the weed? We, we, the whole story is I, I thought it was on purpose because I was working out in Ohio dealing with a whole different kind of um, system. And out there, the, their ex-police officers run their medical marijuana system. And, That's a good idea. Um, it's a good idea. <laughs> right. I, ours, the, the uh, Department of Health runs it. So it's yeah. really, it's, it's really a bad, they're just like, it's fun. I, I don't know who got this stuff up and running. Did not do a good job at it. 
And um, so I I became friendly with a lot of police. So it was really the juxtaposition of this was yeah. to me was crazy because I'm like, you know, you I for, I started smoking pot in '94, and I'm I'm you know that was when I was 16. I'm I was I'm 44 now. So essentially, these guys and they're all retired. So essentially, their entire career, they were chasing me, smoking <laughs> pot, and now we're hanging out together, finding out legal ways to sell pot. Yeah. So, and we became friend. We I became friendly with most of them, and they're like two of them is the one month. Um, I forget this happened in June of uh, twenty, and um, they're they're like. Uh, he's like, watch out um, for cars driving through the building. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, N-. he's like, no, seriously. He's like, people are getting desperate. On cars right, driving through the building. Right. And they're, the cops are just, once you get to know them, they're just as sarcastic as we are. And, you know, yeah. they just act all coppish when you're doing, when they pull you over and you're doing bad stuff. And, and, um, and they're like, no, like people are getting desperate because like people are getting their benzos and opiates and weed cut off and like they want all that stuff. And they're actually driving their vehicles through dispensaries and through pharmacy walls to get it. Oh, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, all right. So <laughs> it was yeah. probably what can you do about out. it, though? You know what I mean? What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I that's what I need. I'm Stand like, thanks for the warning, but yeah, I have no. I so I tried to tell the people back in Pennsylvania, and they were just like, it, it was like they, my crew in Pennsylvania, hated that I had to that I worked out in Ohio, too. I don't know what it was. So anything I say about Ohio, the Pennsylvanians hate it. Everything I said about <laughs> Pennsylvania, the Ohioans hate it. So I we were sitting I, I was sitting there on a Monday and it was like four thirty and I got off at five and I was tired as shit and I was counting the minutes and about four thirty five it sounds like somebody drops like I don't know a a, a a like a Volkswagen through the top of the building. Like it just it sounded like something very heavy like came through the middle of the building and I don't we, we watch the tape because I don't really remember too much of my reaction because it was just kind of spontaneous but my 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 um I was the AGM at that point and my GM and I were in the office together and she and I just get up and run and we end up running right to the scene which was the lobby a a a um newer model Camaro had dro- driven a Camaro over yeah of all things yeah it seems like a, a weird Camaro choice to run and, through a, a building yeah. yeah well it and it showed you how secure the damn place was like <laughs> here we are having like badges and cameras and this and that like it, this Camaro which is mostly made out of fiberglass yeah didn't have a scratch on it <laughs> but it looked like the front window of the, the 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 waiting area looked like a bomb went off in it, and like the window was crooked, and and like there were people and chairs everywhere, 
and I started throwing cherry. I was the first on the scene. Kelly, my GM, was the second. I started picking people up, looking for blood. And at the same time, though, I'm looking for people jumping through the hole because yeah. I've been warned by the cops that this is and 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 so I'm waiting, you know, I'm ready to tackle people. <laughs> and and and, uh, and and nobody's coming through. And I'm like, okay, look for blood. And and thank God we were slow that day. And there there's only um, three people in the waiting room. And uh, the guy, what happened is uh, when the, this is during, also during the pandemic, because when the pandemic hit, we did a thing called curbside, which was oh, yeah, yeah. super illegal. When we started, <laughs> that was super, that, that is so illegal to do. It, but once the virus hit, we're like, we, we were considered essential workers, if you can believe that. Wow. That's... They're just like, we can't take the weed away, you know? So they we started taking it out to their cars and this guy um came up the curbside and and the part the 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 uh, waiting room was just right you know there's a waiting room and a sidewalk and then the parking spaces and and he had we were so quick with the service or or he didn't feel like putting it in the park he left it in drive the whole time and he his foot flipped off of the brake, hit the gas, and he gunned it into the waiting room, shot a 21-year-old kid 15 feet across into a wall, oh. hit oh, a, yeah. 60, a 62-year-old lady got th- who just had ankle surgery uh, a week before, got thrown about five to you know, seven feet and tore her Achilles, and oh, one girl God. was completely unscathed. <laughs> Was that, was that kid all right that went like, into the wall? He, I, I was, uh, I, I stayed with all the people, the, the, the patients that got hurt, that were, like, I stayed in, at the scene. And then the rest of us kind of, it's weird, it's like we knew what to do. And I was actually kind of proud of us because, like, nobody yeah. had ever been through anything like that. And we all kind of don't usually cover that in training. Roles. Like if a car comes through the wall, no. here's what you do. <laughs> no. And I'm telling you, the media was there. Channel or in 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 our my area, uh, Johnstown is and and uh, Altoona are the major news uh, casters, and they the media were there before the emergency response teams were there. And so my job was to make sure everybody got out of there and wasn't broken and went to the hospital. And keep the media away from everything. <laughs> and um, I, this is this, this, I, this, I felt so bad about this kid. He was such a nice kid, and he, I mean, when you see the film, he he gets thrown across that wall. I mean, bounces like it's no joke. And oh, I am begging him to go. He has a massive concussion. I can tell. And I'm begging him to go. And it's just me, him, and an a ambulance worker. And he's like, okay, I'll go. And he's like, but can I get my medicine? And <laughs> that's what everybody called called the pot, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I went, the human in me was like, oh, shit, of course. Because there are some people that do come in there for medicinal reasons. And these 
actually happened to be those people this day. Well, and like he's going to need he's going to need even have, more medicine after getting hit by a car. You know, or <laughs> imagine going, imagine getting weed, getting a weed card because you have PTSD and anxiety. And then you get hit by a car while you're while you're inside your a building, <laughs> inside a building, and and then and so I immediately said yeah because no shit like I would want yeah. want it too, and 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 he, it's gonna cost him a hundred bucks for you know, to get to the ER and and I and then I and the ambulance lady was looking at giving me the hairy eyeball, and then <laughs> I also know the PA regs. And you can't sell weed with a hole in the wall. Um, and you have to have locked. No, it, it specifically says locked doors and, and walls. And, and, and I said, I'm so sorry, dude. I, I, I can't. I, I said it's illegal. There's a giant and gaping hole that, in the wall. I'm not allowed. like a back room or something. There was. You go in a I wanted to so bad, but the cameras were still rolling. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I knew that I knew that they watched us all the time, and I knew that after a car comes <laughs> through the fucking building, they're definitely going to be watching what we yeah. did. And I, I, I wanted to because and and he was like I ran into him about a week later. We we hooked them up big time. Let's put it that way. And, <laughs> well, and he. Yeah, and he said he was such a nice kid. He, the, and he said Sandy was the old lady, and I kind of had a moment. She like I picked her up <laughs> off the ground, and she like hugged me, and and was like, "That's how scary it was." And um, she, he said, um, and they we all got to know each other very quickly. And <laughs> he said, "Thank God Sandy wasn't sitting where I was, or she would have died." And, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, you're right. And, and, uh, so there were, there, I had some really good times and some really bad times. And <laughs> I eventually, qu- I eventually quit, um, because when I came, I was out in Ohio do opening up the dispensaries and training and all that for, um, almost a year. And when I came back, um, a, a, a company just like any, like big any business that starts off small and you know people see money in it a conglomerate came and bought us out um and they're like it's really they're just buying weed companies left and right um and and uh they turned it into a complete corporate nightmare so i already don't like working retail i definitely am not a corporate guy and and they instead of hiring people with um, like, like degrees or marijuana knowledge or, um, uh, um, any sort of medicinal, like we had nurses that worked for us. We had therapists. We had all kinds of people. Instead of doing that, they're hiring people who worked at, um, Abercrombie, who used to, <laughs> who worked at restaurants that were like yeah. 24 to 25. I mean, I, one time I had to put a spreadsheet together everybody's birthday that last year and I was the only 40 year old there <laughs> and my the guy the kid who worked beside me like at the that position I was at at the end went to, he was born the, the week that I went to college at Cal <laughs> <U>. <laughs> and so I I 
I quit and uh, and went back. Now I'm back to to making t-shirts. Oh, so you're back just full time doing t-shirts? Yeah, I went to cultivation for a while. Uh, um, I went there for about I'd say uh, there for two months, and because um, I thought it might be better. Um, just being, you know, not dealing with uh, patients and calling your mom horrible names and cars <laughs> trying to kill people. And um, and it was really cutthroat. And I'm just not that kind of person. Like, people were just – like, I earned my way up because of because I was old and I knew a bunch of shit, you know. And these other kids that, that I ended up coming back to, like – from Ohio, like when I came back, everybody that I started with had either quit or moved up themselves. So I started with, I was working with a bunch of people I didn't know. And they, so they gave me no credit whatsoever. And they looked at me as an obstacle. And like when you're 24, 25 and you're talking to a 44 year old, (laughs) I might as well be 65, you know? They don't get your references. They think yeah. you are older than shit to them, and and they just I hated the hell out of them, and and um they I I uh, I went through the cultivation side for a while uh, to see if I liked growing and stuff like that, and all that turned out to be it was factory work, and um so I uh, I I was like. One day I was like, that's a wrap. And, and, uh, I, 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 um, had enough money saved up to where, um, I can, uh, support the household and then just do, start doing whatever I want again. So are so, you doing commercial jobs again for like uh, the high schools and stuff? Or are you just doing whatever you want? No, I will never, ever, ever do that again. That was awful. <laughs> And it's like dealing with people who like when you're trying to translate art with people, there's some people that really try and they, they know that they, they're not good with art. And, and you know, I'm not an art snob and they're a dickhead, you know, I'm, I, I treat, treated everybody with respect, but when you try to come at me and get mad at me because you don't know how to explain your art correctly and I'm not, <laughs> and I make like five or six designs that you're yeah. not paying for either. And yeah. you get shitty with me. Yeah. I, that's where I was having a problem. So I was able to develop the name for myself to the point where I could like pick and choose um, who I want to work with in the area. And when I was working at the pot shop, like I was getting calls all the time. And um, I did a few jobs here and there, but it's only for people that are, um, you know, everybody wants to have their own brand now. They don't understand how hard it is and and how much work and money goes into it. But I'm very willing to take their money and help them out. <laughs> and and um, that's that's pretty much who like people there. I have some people who are artists that. Um, just want to have their stuff made, you know, you know, duplicated. And, and so that's who I've been working with now. I I won't do anything for the schools or, um, cheerleading camps or soccer or, um, that was, that was 
really, really tough. And, and when, I just did did make enough money. And when you were talking about those difficult clients, was one of them named David Feeney? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that, it was very, very tough to deal with. And um, I have not talked about this in – I have not talked about this in four or five years, I think. Yeah. And that is probably one of the biggest heartbreaks out of the whole thing. Um, It not being able to support my whole household was the first heartbreak. But it really wasn't from lack of trying. It was like I was going to have to go and move the shop and hire people. And be a boss. Like, it's just stuff I didn't, like, I wanted to make, this is about art and it's about making funny t-shirts or sports t-shirts that don't exist. And that's how I always wanted to be. And like, I love that it's in my backyard, you know, in a, in a garage, you know, and so the second heartbreaking thing was when they when Days of Thunder came back on and I was super excited because we had started doing those shirts and that's pretty much how I met you and Larry, like, you know, is, is um towards the end of Days of Thunder. So your your second heartbreak was how the relationship with uh, Dave and Feeney ended up? Like did you and me out with Dave? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I I I Pretty much, Dave didn't do a lot of the talking. Like, Feeney, I, I don't know if Dave did, didn't want to, didn't want bothered with it, or I, I'm not sure what it was, but Feeney constantly acted like, we we started making those shirts at the end of the whole thing. And I had, what I was saying is that the, how I got involved with Dave in the first place is I sent him an email when he was working, when he was doing his old um, ESPN show, yeah, like long time ago, like probably yeah, was six or seven, yeah. and and um, I said, hey, I list, I I love the Steelers and and Star Wars, and I listen to your show while I'm making T-shirts of that kind of stuff. Um, I would love. Like I didn't even ask him to promote it. I was just gonna send it to him because I I thought he was cool, and I you know I'd hoped that he would, but I wasn't being that guy and asking. him. And and he did like he he wrote back to me and and I sent him a whole bunch of stuff and he did he 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 would talk about me here and there and um it's how I I I I got. You know, some sales from it, but I actually end up making more friends, um, you know, from it than anything. So it's a really cool thing. And then, uh, then that he got that show just disappeared one day, yeah. and and then I don't even know how I found Days of Thunder. I might have listened to Corolla or something, and 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 then bam, he had this new show, and. Um, Dave and I never talked about doing a shirt and like so it wasn't anything like that from back then and but I think there were people that I met 
through that original show where he would plug my stuff um, and they would email me. And that's always my favorite thing about Backpage Press is it, 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 because of, I make stuff that is obscure and stuff that I'm really passionate about. Like it, you, you find like-minded people because they're like, oh my God, this guy likes it too. And that's how I found Dave because I was like, I can't believe this guy is so similar to me. So I was talking with several different people about making Days of Thunder stuff because some of the shit they were saying on there was pretty funny. And, and so I had people submit, I, I made a couple of my own and then I always wanted to do like art collective stuff and have people submit their stuff and I would, I would do a reduced fee and um, just make their art a reality. And that's what we did. And we came up with the Jacuzzi Pete shirt, um, two Czech Republic shirts, and then, and then somebody and, uh, and another person did the Feensters Union. Now I, I touched up the, the Feensters Union was pretty raw when I got it. And I, I did some changes to that one, but the Jacuzzi Pete was pretty much, it came from a guy from Canada. Um, I did the, the one that looks, has the Hansel of blaster rifles, like crossed yeah. with the, uh, Czechoslovakian kind of, um, um, font. And then a kid from the Midwest, I think, did the one with just the blaster rifle and, uh, shooting the hypocycloids from the Steelers and, and then I don't even remember where the Fiendsters Union came from. And by the time we had those things, we didn't, like, that show was just off the air one day. They got on the air. Yeah. You know, they got on yeah. the, if, you, if you guys remember, like, they got on the air, and they're like, yeah, it's the last show. And then, and, and um, so I remember having a conversation with someone. It might have been Damashak. It might have, it was definitely with the other artists. And I'm like, and I, I, it was with the Amishak and I was like, I'm put, I got to put these out. I'm like, we put so much work into them. I'm like, who cares about the show's not on? I'm like, this is kind of a cult thing and let's just put them out. And I had already made them, you know, so we did. And it kept that show alive for like six years. I think they're off. Like that, like it, they, those shirts just sold and sold and sold, and the, there was no. Sh- it was crazy because there was no show, and it was just all. I don't know how no people. I don't know how people found them, um, but I would. Damashek and I would talk every once in a while through email, and and I kept it in, in too, you know. And Feeney and I didn't talk too much because I could tell right off the bat when Feeney was on air. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this guy. You know, <laughs> he's sometimes sometimes he's funny, but he's, he, you know, not usually the kind of guy I would get along with. And um, when they came back, I was really excited because I I got to be you know be able to listen to the show again, and we can make we can really do this for real now. You know, make T-shirts and everything. And I always felt guilty 
for um make because I essentially wouldn't be selling those t-shirts if their names were on them. So I and I you know gave the other artists that we already made a deal before like we put anything out. I was like you you'll get um you know a copy of the shirt and and this and that and that'll be your payment. And, and but Damashek and I I always ask him what he wanted and he never would say anything. And so I would send him anytime I do new stuff. Um, you know, I'd usually wait until I got about three new shirts going or, or some variations of old ones and I'd send them packages um, throughout the years uh, for payment for, for those shirts being made. And then the show started again, Feeney and then took over and he was on my ass and it, he was like communicating all the time. He wanted to know about what this deal was going to be and that deal. And I was like, buddy, I am a one dude. Yeah. Like, like hanging out with his dollars on t-shirts, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I, I remember, do you, do you remember when I got sued by Bo Jackson? I do you remember, remember that story. That. Yeah. yeah. It was like that, where like I had to convince a lawyer from New York City that I was not this huge. Like I was flattered, really. I was yeah. just like, listen, I I don't know how I'm coming across like I'm a big shot, but I am a guy in a basement so small. Like my washer and dryer are in my screenshot, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but it was like that, and I was like, Feeny, like here's the, I, I had all the numbers, like here's your sales numbers from the last, I forget how long it shows off. It was like four or six years or something like that. And, and, um, and I, I said, I've never done, like, I have no problem in cutting you in, but you have to understand that these wouldn't exist if it wasn't for us, the fans and me and doing this, like, you really have a sweetheart deal here. Most people have to go and and pay up front yeah. and you know get stuff made. Like here, we already did all the dirty work for you, and we're willing to give you. Like I'm willing to do everything for you and host the, host the stuff, um, and still pay you. But you got to be fair here, and um, plus you're. You're dealing with somebody that you you as much as I didn't like his personality at times, I did admire both of them, you know. And like, so I don't want to disappoint them. So I the show starts again, and the they they don't. I realize they start getting real with me. I find out that they never liked the old shirts, what? and. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves everybody awesome. loved the old shirts. Yeah, I know. What they and they I they so and they came up started coming up with these cockamamie ideas. <laughs> and Damashek Damashek usually like he had good ideas in the like he's responsible for the sixty six is greater than ninety nine shirt. Um you know, he helped me with a couple other ones too. And like Feeney was just so <laughs> like I would I I would comply and I would do artwork and that was the hardest part of running the shop is that 
most of my work went into preparation of my screens and my artwork. And people don't want to pay for art. They act like it's magic. Yeah. And like, it's just like poof, and you just make it. And, and like, when you're for take the bus, Fanny, for that fucking thing, I did six versions and had three different <laughs> artists, including myself, <laughs> on it. I actually caught, found the old email from the Jacuzzi Pete shirt and contacted him in Canada. I'm like, hey, I said, I need you. And I said, they, I can't figure out how to make sense out of this thing. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, and, and um, I ended up having to get a, a very, I have a friend named Thad that's a very talented um, graphic designer. And I said, I, I had to call in a favor for him from him. And, uh, we had, we had gone through six variations and the guy from Toronto who did the, the Juicy Pete shirt was devastated when they didn't like, he did two, he did two himself and Feeney ripped them apart. He said, <laughs> I remember one quote was like, and this is all over email too, so it can be taken. The context yeah. of it can be taken so many different ways. He's like, "What? Why does Demashak look like Hemingway?" <laughs> I'm like, "Who the hell?" <laughs> that that sounds like a bit. Dave had a beard. That sounds like a bit. I think he was I doing did, a bit there. Yeah. He must have been. I I did. I couldn't tell if he was doing a bit on me the whole time or what, because <laughs> he has that personality. And and I like I should send you the 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 artwork just so you can see it because it's not a bad design and it's just that you know the jacuzzi feature it's very stark in the way we depicted him it's just line drawing so that's how we did them as characters in the bus and so Dave's beard isn't you know it's very it's just a beard it's black you know it's thick and so he, that's why he thought he looked like Ernest Hemingway. And so I had Thad do a very high resolution. I, they had pictures taken. I don't know, remember if I ordered those or not, because I got really mad. I, I, because I, I was like, because I wasn't getting paid for this. Yeah. Like, this is taking up a lot of time. And my wife was like, hey, we need to eat and stuff, you know, money. And, and I'm like, but Feeney's yelling at me and, 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 um, that is the one who, who eventually did the, that shirt that, that's really high resolution. And it, I believe the photos that we used, uh, were taken by their interns at the time. And, um, and I, I can't, the, even the damn, my wife loves this shirt so much. She still wears it. The days it says, uh, it is like, um, it looks like a, like a sports t-shirt. It's gray and with black and orange font has a number on the back. I can't even remember what it is, but, um, Dave came up with that one. Even that one was hard. It, it really, it didn't even have any artwork on it. It was just font. And that one was hard to get made. And then, um, to have to do all of that work. So to come up with the designs, process them into screen prints, 
front all of the material, um, host the website, do all the write-ups, pack and mail everything out. Um, you know, they were getting a huge cut of the money. I was losing money on it. And, and I probably, to be honest with you, I probably still would do it, would have been doing it if, um, if Feeney wasn't being such a dick. And I don't remember what he did to eventually, I, he did something, like I have a line, you know, (laughs) and, and, and it's usually that line is either met with a very harsh comment, a punch to the face, or, or no communication whatsoever. It, it's just, it's stark. You know, there's no, there's no conversation. This is just how it is. And I, and I, I did not like want to say anything mean. So I didn't do that. I couldn't punch him. And I, I'm 44 and I'm done punching people. So I couldn't do that. And, um, and I just, I, I remember, I remember I did now. I, I said, I wrote a very short email and said, this is not working out. Um, here are all of your files. Here are, here are all of your, your printable files that, that any are, are like meaning pretty much saying like you guys need to go through a if you guys want this whole professional setup and want to make a bunch of money on your merch and all this stuff um and not just have fun with it like we were doing it for all these years then you're going to have to go somewhere else and i'm willing to give you up all all of the the files that i would normally keep under lock and key and even the ones that you had nothing to do with and I, in that email, I sent every, every, um, piece of digital artwork all broken down so they could print them. And, um, with somebody else, I, um, gave them all the write-ups, um, all the pictures. And, and I sent them, uh, one last check and that I, I said, I'm out. And it, I was, I was very sad, but I, I was just like, like I was, it was to the point where I was getting anxiety, like opening up my email. Yeah. Like, cause, cause he, you couldn't please him. You just could not please. And Damashek, I didn't know, like, that's who I was a real fan of. And, and, and I, couldn't get his I didn't know what was going on with him I didn't know if I was if he was displeased with what I what was going on or or what his input was it was all dealing with Feeney and um and I was sending out month checks for a lot of money that I could have used and getting really no respect out of it you know so no you never heard back from the no, Dave at all I uh, know not after that email. I what? I have not heard. I I I even quit listening. I I was so shook up after it because yeah. it took a lot for me. I really liked Dave as a person, and I loved loved him as an entertainer. 
And there's part of me like Feeney, even though there are parts of him that I don't like. It was just the way he was coming at me with with stuff. And I it's I kind of blocked so much. I haven't talked about it with anybody, and I I it, it's been a while, and I I'm sure I blocked a lot of it out because it it was it was not a good time. It took That's something sweet. that I really enjoyed, yeah. and they they said something. They also said some pretty. I remember another thing was what I think the line that he crossed. He said something shitty on on air about me, and oh, yeah. um, I remember yeah. Was. And I now oh, now that Jake, I'm thinking about this? it, like Jake, you remember this? Oh yeah, yeah. He was to making jokes oh, for do. weeks there. <laughs> yeah. When are we going to see some money off of this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was, yes, that was it. Like, and he was getting money and he was getting free artwork and he was getting like, and if the public only knew how much, how many designs I had that were not getting approved <laughs> and not, let alone, we're not even talking about the ones that we eventually got printed like which had like four to six variations of there are ones that never made it to the light of day and i i've been doing this for it'll be in december it'll be 15 years so i i know what sells and i know what the days i knew what the days of thunder fans wanted more than they did and like i felt like yeah, I, I I made I I made a little bit of capital off of this shirt selling with your name on it, but it also kept your kept that whole dream alive. Like that show could have just disappeared into the, into the ether, you know. And, and once they left you, of the, course, they took those images and files. And now they have a, a merchandise empire for Days of Thunder, right, Jake? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I always wondered that time they, uh, they stopped doing the show again. Yeah. <laughs> so did they really you put the curse yeah. on? Yeah, the show stopped. I'll there, be so damned. I don't even know. Do you think Dave and Feeney are still talking? <laughs> I don't know. No idea. <laughs> wow, that's was, great. You guys just you just took a weight off of my chest that's been on there for a long time. Because <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't listen to the show after I sent out the email. And he had made those comments about me because, I mean, I was a businessman at that point and like trying desperately to make it. And like that here, my biggest, like Dave was a huge support. Like he really did a lot for me and here it's going backwards. So it, it, it stung bad. And, and um, when I sent that email, it took a lot and, and I never listened to the show again. So in my mind, all I could think of is them tearing me apart and saying oh, how I ripped them off and hear the show never <laughs> wasn't even on. So yeah. I've always wondered what happened past that. Yeah, I wasn't even listening. Yeah, last, so, yeah go ahead, Tony. Their last show was October of 2020, it looks like. That, yeah. that would have been... Yeah, I think I broke out contact about October 20. I feel like 
I feel like it was 2019. It was after I started at the pot shop because Feeney was making fun of that. <laughs> I don't think on the show, but like to me, fucking Feeney, because I was oh, like, geez. yeah, and 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 a lot of it was like in jest. I, I get yeah. it, you know. Oh, you're you're out selling dope. You know, you don't have enough time to do our, our, our shirts. And I was like, well, people want dope more than your fucking shirts. You know, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> And, like, did he, did he and, really um, think they were going to sell thousands of shirts? Like, did he really think that this was He did. Be? He yeah. did. The hubris on this. I remember Dave would always use the word hubris. And, <laughs> and so, and I, I picked it up from him. And so, uh, it's kind of ironic. I just used that, but he, hubris on fucking, on Teeny. He did. He really thought that, like, while the, I, I feel like he's, he and Dave got drunk around the pool at Feeney's house <laughs> out in LA one day. And he was like, yeah, that Seymour kid, he has been making money off us this whole time. And he is just raking in. Megan needs to do, you know, and, and it really wasn't like that. You know, like people were so appreciative that I was making these shirts. It create, I yeah. still, my friends this day, from doing those shirts because well, we all love the show so much. If I had to guess what happened, uh, you know, the Dave's got like 12 kids now. He's got a lot of kids. So uh, it's how many kids he have now. I think he legit has five kids. Like a shoot five. Kids. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he's very, I there was when I met him, he was zero. Yeah. He just had a fifth one. Apparently I wasn't even aware of it. After we recorded the show, I found out he oh. had a fifth one. Like, hey, here. New football yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got he's got a lot of kids insane. going on at that time, and you know, so I'm sure he was very busy. And he probably just said, "Hey, Feeney, you figure it out. You know, you deal with whatever you want to do with the shirts. You deal with the shirts." And then Feeney just ran wild with it. Yeah, he did, and he and a lot of people like, like this has happened before where people will spot that weakness in me, where you know if if, if and like where I, I'm pretty nice person and a lot of times people will take advantage of that and I think Feeney if I had to guess like Feeney kind of preyed upon that and and he he fucked with like and I wasn't in like at that point in time running the shop like it was like I was really busy and like like trying to please my my wife and bringing money to the household and um, all of a sudden thrust into this new, like, who the hell knows how to sell legal marijuana? You know, so I have to figure that out. I, and I, I have this it, guy in L.A. Did you ever talk to Feeney on the phone at all? Or is it just always through email? Um, trying to think. I, I know I never spoke to Dave ever. No, I never did. That was the other thing that. Yeah, a lot of times communicating with they email, ne- and he's making jokes. He thinks he's being funny, but you're taking it like the wrong. So who knows? Maybe it was just a. Mis- that's what I mean. That that's why I didn't like like Feeney. That's why I didn't like him when he would go on Dave's old shows. Yeah, and he would always and be doing the, bits the whole time, you know. So you don't. Yeah, know. and I was like, and I'm the kind of person that with with a personality like that, I don't know if you're like, like i'm yeah, sarcastic yeah, yeah. and when you're when you're more sarcastic than me then i get confused yeah, so that's understandable. i 
And and yeah. the whole thing when and even if he was doing a bit, what's it came? And I thought of that too. It took a lot for me to write that email, but when I came to it, I was like, I've explained to him that this is not a bit for me. Like this is a lot of hard. This is a ton of work. <laughs> well, and oh, uh, if it makes you feel better, I, I'm sure I told you this before, but long time ago, way back before any of this happened with you guys, me and Larry and Dave were on an email uh, together. I forget what we were talking about, but unbeknownst to Larry, uh, David Feeney was also copied on the email, and uh, Larry referred to David Feeney as a fucking asshole or something. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, so that was funny. That was. Uh, yeah, it was. Because yeah, yeah, Larry was right there with me. Larry and I would talk about how much we hated feeding. <laughs> and I kind of, I I kept it, as far as talking on the show about it, on your show about it, or, at, you know, in social media, I kind of kept that under wraps. Because I, I, I don't always think, like, Dave is such, seems like such a cool guy. Like, Dave why the a, hell? Dave, <laughs> Dave's salt of the earth. He, he's, a, he's a man of the people, that Dave, you know? Like he stayed he loyal is, to me and I, for, uh, for like 15 years. He's still loyal to me to this day. Always oh, having time for me to shoot in the breeze and whatnot. So yeah, he's a man of the people. But that's Feeney. And I've never met Feeney. I never talked to him. But my take on Feeney, just as an outsider, is that you know he's been in Hollywood. He's working in Hollywood, working all those famous people. That he's always on. You know, he's always going to be on when he's in public. And then he's a pompous cocksucker. Yeah, when the microphone <laughs> shuts down, he's a very insecure little man. <laughs> he's very I. Thank you, Mike Dell. I, I, you know, being an ex-therapist too, you, you, once you start learning how to analyze people, you don't, you don't unlearn that shit. It <laughs> yeah. becomes part of you. So when p- things confuse you, that's, that's how I deal with it. And I've broken him down many times and I'm just like, if you are breaking down somebody who is bending over backwards to make you happy, that means you have a little dick and you are a small, <laughs> small man. And that's kind of how I dealt with Feeney. I was just like, I I would have been over backwards for Dave. And I I have felt bad. I I don't feel I feel kind of better about it right now. Uh, <laughs> after hearing all of what you guys I mean, have had to say, but but I I still felt bad. Like I. I, uh, you know, had, because Feeney always made it sound like I was ripping them off, even when I was paying them thousands of dollars, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, what else do you want? Like, I have to, like, I have to make, I was making, what it came down to, I think I was making like a buck and a quarter yeah. off of, so the <laughs> shirt sold for 25 with shipping included, You're after all the costs was, and shipping and money to them, it was like a buck and a quarter to me. Holy and it, it was just, it was not. Well, you remember the Cobra shirts I did for um, Mitch Damashek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And those, yeah, I, yeah. those, those took up a, I didn't, a ton of my time. I made no money on that. But that was worth it because yeah. it was for Amelia. And it was, it was a horrible thing that happened. And I would do that over again. But when somebody is not appreciating what you're doing and you are like, like you, you're the, 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 the take the bus Sammy shirt 
I, <laughs> it broke I, you. That, that is the only shirt that I have never owned myself. Like, oh, wow. I, I would not wear it. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't wear it. I, 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 I hated it. Yeah. And the final, the funny thing is that the final version is, is that it's one of the most technical shirts I've ever done. It's it's really was hard to do for one color, and um, to make them so photorealistic. Yeah. And but they didn't. Nothing was appreciated with it, and I think I think that was the last one one I did for them. Oh, I'm sorry to bring up. I realized it was that bad. I I was just uh, bringing up kind of a joke, but holy hell, yeah. Well, no, I I think we got some healing. Right, we got some healing. No, definitely. It's funny because no, it's not a bad thing at all. I feel like I just had a therapy session. Yeah, but, I, I'll be happy I'm, if you think if you think any fences need mended within the day. I'll be happy to put your kids together again. Yeah, I do. Tell them I tell them I said hi and I'm sorry, and I like I just couldn't deal with Feeny anymore, and <laughs> and I don't give a shit if Feeny knows or not. Fun. Like, I still have the shirts on. The website, they're just hidden. Yeah, I was going to say, because I was looking like, at the site, and they're not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're I, because he, he was making me, I am, the one thing I will not, I take very seriously is, is, uh, the, like, being a copyright thief and making money off of, like, like, I, sure, I, I make, uh, a Lemieux shirt and shit like that, but, those are original images, they're original ideas, they're, like, they're, and I have, we've contacted, Mike, you and I contacted Mario's people and offered yeah, sure. them stuff, like, like, we, every shirt I've done uh, with somebody else involved, I've offered something in exchange, and they, they don't get back to me, and I, I go for it, so when Feeney was kind of, not only causing me so much work and 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 time and not liking any of the artwork and um or any other ideas and i was like guys this is a podcast that you guys do dick and fart jokes over like obviously (laughs) it's it's like it's two pals to get together and 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 talk shit like and that's what i loved about it so don't make it bigger than it is it's you're not going to invent this great T-shirt. Believe me, I've been trying for a long time. Yeah. You're not going to make this great T-shirt that like 35,000 people are going to have to have. I, now, hearing <laughs> no, these stories, though, now I feel so bad that I cracked the whip on you when we made those LCS shirts, and I took such a huge cut of the profits. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> what did you get from that? No, what did I, I give you from that? I let you keep everything. I don't care. One omelet. Did you? Hey, what, what, what are you going to sell? Twelve no, shirts? It's all right. I'm good without the twelve dollars. Yeah, I think yeah. I did sell twelve of those. I because yeah. I, <laughs> I don't have any left. I that's what I usually make is twelve, and 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 because I'll make like two of each size and often four XLs, and like because the XLs sell the most. And you got to get this. Brandon always gets the small. So you have to get brand in a small. Always, <laughs> you know, I have so many smalls left in in storage. I, I, nobody. He's the only. Him and my friend Tom, the only who um, man. who yeah, I do a small picture. Uh, 
<laughs> Actually, Tom, he must have got been pumping the iron or something because he doesn't even wear a small anymore. He wears a medium. So um, Brandon is the only. I've always wanted to meet Brandon in person and see how. I, I've never met him in person either. And I don't know. I think we're running out of time like, because I, I don't know. <laughs> are we really? Well, he's drinking himself to oh, the grave, I think. Like, no jive. I think it is. Oh, so. I thought you meant on the show. I thought I was taking up all of your time on your show. No, no, no. I mean, we don't have much time to meet Brandon. I think the clock is ticking because oh. I'm worried about Brandon. He definitely, like, I've known you guys for about seven or eight years now, I think. And, uh, like. At least, yeah. I think about eight years, maybe. Yeah. And, and Brandon, I've known Brandon for a little bit under that. And and every time we talk about him, it's how fucking drunk he is. Yes. Like <laughs> you know, he's got the diabetes. He's got the diabetes, and he's drinking all this time. Does he really? Yes, it's insane. He has like an insulin pump in his body. It's like in his arm. Oh yes. my god. Yeah, and he still drinks every day. It's like, what are you doing to yourself? Yeah, that will. That, that, no, no joke aside, that will put, put him in the grave. I'm trying. I to, like talk and he doesn't people, just but, you know. like. I'm I'm having a beer right now in the garage talking to you guys, and <laughs> or in the garage shop, I should say. But like, I can't. Like he gets blind drunk. Like I remember doing that when I was like 19. Just you know. Dude. He gets but, hammered like every like, day. He's drunk, it seems. Every goddamn day. Yeah. Yeah, he drink. I remember him drinking a lot of wine and and. Well, well now and, uh, Corey, he's he's drinking sake. <laughs> sake wine. <laughs> That's what he's drinking. Sake. Right, sake is awful. <laughs> well, he's kind of trendy. Wine. He's such a hit. He's I such know. a hipster. <laughs> I know. You can't drink beer drinking sake. Fucking sake. Who the hell doesn't drink sake as a main drink? Hey, hey uh, one of the reasons so I wanted to reach out to you when I did, though, Corey, was because I've been putting up a bunch of our old shows on YouTube because we're changing the way we're doing the show. And I was going back through the old shows, and I saw uh, a couple of your old ones. And then one of our uh, – I think our buddy Tom Buck, too, uh, one of our loyal listeners, he he asked for the – I remember the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where uh, you went to the Neutral Milk Hotel concert. And I, I put that I, up on YouTube the other day. Like last <laughs> week, I think. Did you? I, I got to watch it. Because I, I read your email. I'm like, I was sitting with my wife, Christy, and I was sitting in the living room. I'm like, I said, Dal just emailed me. And she said, no shit. What's he have to say? I'm like, I said, apparently somebody, I had forgotten about that yeah. story. I don't know how. Yeah, that, good I think what's caught. Once, once your mom becomes a fag and and car drives through your bill, your place of work, you, you like like other spaces in your mind have to open up for new shit. So yeah, um, I, I feel but I that, feel bad. We were like we haven't been talking for so long, but I don't want you to think like I just don't talk to anybody. You know what I mean? Like I just don't talk to anybody. No, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I I I no, I don't. I I'm don't always think here at all. I know if if you ever need anything. No, I know I exactly. I got your back. You know that. I know. I know exactly. I know exactly how you are, and I never took any, any of a person, any of a person away. Yeah, I'm glad because I always but, feel bad. Like, uh, but, I, you know, it takes a while. Jank and Tuffy are the only people I talk to because we do this show. 
Otherwise, I don't talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. If I, you need, I, I, I have like. You got to give them a couple of days to find that on the map. Oh, well, yeah. Here's the thing. Tuffy's <laughs> making fun of me for always getting lost. But here's the thing, though, Corey. My car. I now have GPS in my car. I bought a new car. It's got GPS. I won't get lost going to Max and Irma's. That was the place, right? Max and Irma's. Oh my God! To get you to do to get that <laughs> whole thing together was one of the most epic feats of my life. Like I'm still to this day proud of that. And um, and they, but to get like just to get everybody to agree to come yeah. was one thing. And I, and, and then to get you late. to the actual establishment was a whole another conundrum. Like that that. I remember, uh, and I, I don't even remember what we did. Like, what the hell did we talk about? Like, we, we just sat there at Max. We didn't drink or no, anything. We, I, I remember I ate some broccoli and potatoes, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think Larry had a beer. And yeah. and it was all kind of centered around the Ryan because yeah, he was in from Canada, from Canada right? Yeah. And we had never actually met each other in person. And I had a good time, but I, I felt like Larry was felt awkward the whole time. And then <laughs> poor you, well, poor yeah, you poor couldn't you. find the damn thing. And yeah, I didn't know how to. Hmm? You and I had lunch a few other times then later, like hey, after that. Me and you would have. Uh, that yeah, place? I felt like shit. I forgot about that. In Greensburg. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we go to Pernanny's. Yeah. I used to go to the doctor down there. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah those were fun. Yeah, good times, good times. And, uh, yeah, yeah they, I never, well, actually, I felt, once I, I this, this is going to sound ridiculous now, but I, I, I was so, I, I'm remembering a lot now about <laughs> the time when I told Jeannie, like, I was done. And I was just was like, I was like, everybody's going to hate me. You know, like, nobody, now that I'm not doing this anymore, like, like, nobody's going to want to talk. And, and oh. I was so busy with, with everything else. And I was like, I, I think that's why I never, because there were times where I would reach out to you and Larry and see what was up. And, um, and I always would like come on the show, like, like 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 two to four four times a year or something and yeah. and talk with you guys and I was just embarrassed that I I couldn't make that work and and I didn't know if like Damashek was mad or or what kind of shit they were talking on yeah I, my mind me about went, it. so yeah I'm that's that's good that's that's kind of why I. Well, one, I don't talk to a lot of people. I have, like, in my 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 real life, I probably have, like, three friends, yeah. you know? And, three? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's way more than we got. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have one friend that, that I live near that I see almost every day, which is a huge change from where I used to be, where I had two friends back then, and they were – just people that I knew from growing up and they live back half an hour away from where, where I grew up. So, 
Yeah. Well, uh, Corey, you know, me and Larry, we've been friends for over like 25 years or whatever, and uh, I haven't seen him since 2016. And really, I, ca- I called him on the phone uh, two weeks ago to check in on him because, you know, he hasn't been doing the show. And that was the first time I probably talked to him outside of the show in like three years. How's he doing? Seems to be doing all right. He just burned out on fake radio. He doesn't want to do fake radio at the moment, but uh, he might be coming back to it. We'll see. He's not. He was burned out. He was <laughs> burned out for like, I remember the last two shows I did. Like, he, he was like, he's always miserable. I remember the intros when yeah. I would be on hold and I'd be listening. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I hate this. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I think we should do. Seems like, Sounds like him. Here's what I think we should do, though. Uh, let, let's put that ugliness of Dave's of Thunder behind you. Let's let's do another LCS yeah. project. Yeah. Let's let's do an LCS project, and let, let's get together and make a Larry shirt. Yeah. A, a shirt. A yeah. Shirt Larry. I'm all for it. I because yeah. I need something to, to get me going because this just happened like i just quit um probably uh, 10 days ago oh like, i thought this was like months ago this happened this was just 10 days ago yeah i i oh. there's there a brief yeah. period of time between the dispensary and the cultivation but um then like i i came into um had money saved up and then came in to some more money was going to come in steadily and i was so over the whole marijuana thing like i don't even smoke pot anymore and oh, like okay. i just yeah like well it's it, it kind of like i'm not going to say that i'm against it or that um that i won't ever again but like i i don't believe it's a, a I know why they made it medicinal. It was a it was a way to get it legal. You know, there are medicinal parts to it, but there's a lot of it that was like there was the straight bullshit, and and it became a corp corporation. And like my generation was raised to hate all of that, and I was not being part of that machine. And the the way that yeah, you know, I grew up in this culture. I grew up like pot did a lot for me as a kid and as a young adult. But I was in that circle. Like that's we, you know, and so it, that was my social circle. I made a lot. Of, I had a lot of friends that came just from smoking pot. So seeing where it was going met, was something personal to me. So. When I was able to finally quit, and like I, I definitely got out of it, and like that's what I've always wanted to do. Though I've always wanted to have, you know, that's why I did back page on the side where I had that steady income, and I, I don't want it to have to be something that I will only put out that will sell a lot. I want to put out whatever the hell I want to, and and that'd be it you know and and i'm sitting here staring at my press and um i still have used it these last four years but i've not made a new screen 
and and probably for over four years you know i have stuff in the the i have designs in the in the uh computer that that i haven't pulled the trigger on yet i um there there, there's a bunch of shit i want to do but i i definitely want to work with that that you kind of hit the nail on the head because that's what I like doing the most with with this because Backpage Press is nothing more than a label. You know, it wasn't a brand, it wasn't a lifestyle, it wasn't any of that shit. It was not rock aware. You know, <laughs> it, it was just something. It was just something to call. It was just something to call. What the hell? You know, this conglomerate of shit that I was doing because there's no method to it. So I loved working with other people and making a funny idea come to life. And I think Larry, he would act like he would hate it, but he would secretly love it. I know he would love it. Yeah, we're not going to tell Larry we're doing it. But, uh, yeah, we need to figure out. No. We, I don't know. Think about it. I don't know. We'll, we'll try and brainstorm some ideas, too. But I'm thinking maybe just a simple Larry on a shirt, just Larry written on a shirt. <laughs> well, I have. I, wow. I still picky have. Than yeah. I have so many pictures of Larry, too. It's funny, <laughs> like, because he would take a picture under that tree. Yeah, doing that, every doing shirt I send him. Tree. That is the first thing that came to mind. That I want very complicated. Maybe just like a. You could, do, <laughs> you, you could do a beer resting on top of a garbage can, like Larry likes to hang out by the garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that. Corey, but, oh, uh, really? Larry has like a little. Like, yeah, you uh, guys are gonna have to. He has like a little shed in the back of his house, that, and he likes to sit there next to the garbage cans and drink beer by himself. That's perfect. Because <laughs> that, I don't want to make I, That's why I didn't like to take the bus Sammy shirt, because it was photorealistic, and it, it yeah. it's not what I, I wanted to do. Like I, I like... like yeah, I didn't like, like to take the Bud Sammy shirt either. I, I never wanted to say anything. But I, I like when you do, like, the old school, like, uh, the 66, the Heinz Ward. Like, there's kind of, like, a graphic, like, simple. Yeah. It's almost, like, spray-painted kind of on a wall or something. Yeah, definitely. That, that's, I mean, the whole thing was to do, um, do, it, it was mainly came from the a, a punk rock aesthetic of yeah, making yeah, yeah. T-shirts because I used to work for that band. And that's yeah, Horbucket. how I got it. I know, Horbucket was one you made up. What was the name of the band that you worked for? Yeah. Uh, Super Suckers was the band that's that right. I worked for. That's right. That's and then I made up Horbucket Hor 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 was the band. <laughs> All the people would, that's how I got into this. Because everybody, the, the, they had a pretentious cult following. They were a rock band that never really made it, but were really good. And, and they had to, this pretentious following that what I now know is are called hipsters, but this is 20 years ago, and I I didn't know what these people were, and they are always like they come up with to me with like really tight jeans on and Chuck <laughs> Taylors and a really tight black T-shirt with what white ink of some band that I've never fucking heard of, and with a dumb name, and they'd be like, Do you ever hear of Echo? Bobulating thermoconductor, and and I feel like Brandon no. has, and, Brandon's heard of him. 
Yeah, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon did the album artwork for them, and and they would they would make fun of like they would act like I was like uncool. So I I when I was bored I would make up band names and a whole book full of them, and so I started making one one off T-shirts with, with iron ons and and stickers called Whore Bucket and um because it was the most ridiculous name i could think of and and people would when they would do that to me i'd be like what have you ever heard of whore bucket and and most would say no and i would go i had the whole i had a whole storyline i had song titles i and like well, what do they sound like i said a lot like zz top and <laughs> that was particular that was pretty like a good way to put it because nobody ever says they sound like ZZ Top, you know. No, nobody's ever described themselves as that. So, and you're talking to like a punk rock, rock, you know, crew, and they're like, that doesn't even sound cool, you know. And and, and um, but 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 I would sell it to them, you know. And then I had this whole idea of like. I'm going to sell this band on an image alone with no music. And I did. I did it for four years. And, and I, I took it across. I lived in Utah when it created. And then I took it across the country on tour with me and then it ended up in Pennsylvania. And that's, it was so popular here where I live in Pennsylvania that I'm like, I'm wasting so much time and money. Like I actually got good at making T-shirts and and designs, and I can't sell any of it legitimately because it's it says whore in it, you know. <laughs> and so that's where Backpage Press came from. And yeah, just all I needed was a name that didn't have a filthy word in it. Well, if you want to make Larry shirts with the word whore in it, that's fine with me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I already have an image of a shed and a garbage can and just just a, a crumpled up beer, like a bunch of crumpled up beer sitting around it and just like a lawn chair. Nobody in it, you know. There you go. And it just have like Larry's. And we, and we could put like 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 a Larry's Place neon sign on the shed, like like it's his bar. Larry's Lounge, maybe. Larry's Lounge. Larry's Lounge, yeah. <laughs> we could do a whole series of Larry we, shirts. Oh, <laughs> uh, be, be perfect because because I know people. One, I know people would buy them. Yeah. And because that's all I care about, just so they they sell, so I can continue to fund more <laughs> stuff. That's all I want Backpage Press to do. You'd just, sell at least just, six of them, I think. At least six. And then maybe That's all that's all I I I'm telling you, that's mo you know what one that sells the most? It this astonishes me. And the, I don't know if you ever saw the Aspen Extreme T J Burke Dexter Rataki shirts. Yes. Those sell so the most? I made that is the biggest seller i wow. sold um i forget what the number is but 
I think like twelve hundred or something like that. Holy fuck! Like it, it's insane, and it's it. They were they were one. They were my first. There were three shirts. There was a George Carlin shirt. Yeah, um, the, the Aspen Extreme shirts, and there's another one I can't not remember it right now. Were the first three I had on my website, and those the Carlin shirt was made on purpose, and then those other two, the Aspen Extreme shirts were gifts to my uh, best man at my wedding because we met out in Utah, and we both moved out west to go to be ski bums because of that movie and we we would make fun of ourselves all the time and like tj burke was a real cool one to go ladies and dexter was a real fuck up and he, he and 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 um he dies like in the movie and we fight on who which you know which one each of us were so what he flew in for my for he's from new zealand and he flew in for my wedding and that's what I gave him for, for his gifts for in my wedding was the TJ Berkshire and I took the Rutaki and, and I put them on. They, they are so simple at, and raw and they sell constantly. Maybe uh, that's the secret and, making these obs- t-shirts like obscure references to really shitty movies. That's all we do on this show is watch terrible movies. So, <laughs> We can come up with a lot of well, ideas for that's, a spear reference. Sybil Danning throwing a spear. Well, that's pretty much. Ooh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. You know who Sybil Danning <laughs> is? If you have Sybil Danning. Who? Sybil Danning. No. Yeah, she's a uh, very buxom blonde actress in like the uh, 80s and who's in all these B movies. And she's, uh, I love her so much. And we watch a lot of her terrible movies on this show. Um, yeah, some Sybil Danning shirts. Well, she'd probably sue you, though. I think she's still alive. She, I've always so Peter Burke. Do you know who Peter Burke is? Not really. He's a he's a big time Hollywood director now. Oh, oh, oh Peter, to think like, what he like Battleship? Didn't he direct Battleship? I think. <laughs> like, yeah. I think yeah. He did, actually, I think his name is Peter Burke. Uh, Peter Berg. Yeah. B e r g. Yeah. Berg. I'm thinking T J Berg. Peter Berg. So he played Dexter Rutaki. Oh. And. I've, I know, like, I've never done any advertising. I've never done any shit like that. The only way these have gotten out there is through social media tags and posts. And people must be searching Aspen Extreme, and I bet you my shirt comes up. Because it is a cheesy 80s ski movie, and um, I know that guy has seen them. As, and I've always, that's been one of my dreams is to get one of them to him. And, um, but I, I, I'll, then you think about Bo Jackson and that was a relatively, that, that shirt was only done just so I could learn how to do a two color. And, and I almost got sued, you know, into the poorhouse <laughs> on that one. And, um, but the, I think that I've done, shirts for i i also love shitty movies and um i mostly shitty action movies and and our friend my friends and i used to watch them in college and just laugh and make like commando was one of our favorites with schwarzenegger 
And um, like uh, th those, huh? Yeah, Jenks a fan. That that has the best. It that that is the most unrealistic, ridiculous movie in 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 Schwarzenegger's catalog, and um, we like I I'm not as familiar with the with like the B movies you guys are talking about, but I really don't think that people. I think from my experience with making um, shirts like this where you're you're celebrating things that a lot of people don't know about um or like they're mostly flattered you know like even rocky blyer you know the, i made a shirt for him that's right yeah. and and he was he was flattered. i actually got an email from a guy not to go off topic but but kind of saying how the people feel about what, when you make something about them. Um, I, he liked the shirt so much, like we were going to do a deal. And then I think they, they realized that they could do the shirt without me. And, <laughs> and, and, and they, and, and, and they might've, because <laughs> it never went through, but um, to show my appreciation and for letting me sell the shirt, I made him a canvas print, which I do very rarely because they're hard to do. And um, he he fucking <laughs> this son of a bitch autographed it and auctioned it off for <laughs> for uh, seventeen hundred. Some guy paid seventeen hundred dollars for that thing. Oh. And all that is, if you look on my website and look up Rocky Blyer. You'll see it. it's a very very simple yeah, one like color shirt, and is. yeah, and it's that print on a a tan canvas, a stretch canvas, and he autographed it, and it was part of a um, he did he he auctioned off a lot of his Vietnam um, memorabilia, and this guy bought that print, bought that print, and and. Track. I don't know how he tracked me down, because there's. Um, I think I ought to, I sign. I signed the back of it, like you're supposed to do as an artist, and um, and but you can't. My handwriting looks like a doc. My signature looks like a doctor's signature. You can't read it. And somehow he found me, and he's like, "Did you make this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, where did?" Because I only made one. <laughs> and I'm like, where did you get it? And, I robbed Rocky and he's, I was like, did he write? Did you rob Rodney Blyer? He's like, no, I got it at an auction for seventeen hundred dollars. <laughs> so it's just, it's funny because you're like, I that shirt sell. I bet you I've sold. If I like, I can look on my site and see how much I sold. Um, but out of being lazy, I'm not going to do it right now, and and it doesn't really matter. But I can tell you that it I can it's not twelve like that I've sold. Like it's not even on both. Like it's probably under ten, and that I've and it's been up there since 2008, and um and so like 
but it it, it got me it, it you know I got Rocky Blyer owned a piece something that I made you know that's the kind of stuff I like to do and I like to like the even the Naked Gun which was a major Hollywood movie most people have forgotten about and I made a really cool Naked Gun shirt and it looks like a police officer's shirt and um I just changed the LAPD badge and it has like naked gun quotes in it. I sell, it's like one a year. I sell and people just go nuts over them. Like you end up having this huge dialogue with, with people. And um, if you would pitch me some ideas for, for B movies and um, I'd watch them and be into making it. I bet you the same shit would happen yeah, because lot, this is something that maybe next time you're on, this we'll happens. Get you we'll get you back more often now. Maybe uh, we'll watch a movie together. You know, some terrible movie. We'll let you pick what movie you want to watch and then we'll watch it together. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny that I was watching rad when you, when you guys called, because I didn't know that you were doing this, the, the B movie, you know, thing. And this was such an obscure, this was my favorite movie when I was about eight or eight, eight or nine. And it's all about BMX racing. And essentially the whole town is centered around BMX. Like that's <laughs> all the town's about. Just like and, and, um, right. Like you just imagine growing up in a town where like, what's your industry? BMX racing, you know? <laughs> And, and, uh, so I had a copy of it that was dubbed from VHS onto a DVD forever because it wasn't made anymore. You couldn't even find the VHS and they just recently, like, I lost it. I went to go watch it a, a couple of days ago and someone snagged it from me or I lost it. And um, so I went on Amazon and realized that they now make Blu-ray of it. And and um, I just got it today and was watching it while I was waiting for you guys to call. And it is so cheesy. It's it's so it, the only star in it is Talia Shire. Uh, oh, Adrian. You know, about Adrian. Adrian. Oh. Yeah. And um, it is so stupid. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, uh, Corey, we've already kept you like two hours. I should probably be letting you go. So. Well, that's usually how it works. We end up yeah. talk, talking for two or three hours. I'm, Jenks, I'm sorry. I, I I feel like I have cut you out of your entire show. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll no have plenty of time to talk about the terrible movie we'll be reviewing next. But, uh, but here's what, <laughs> what are we'll you guys here. reviewing? Uh, it's called Fit to Kill uh, from 1993. Um, it, it's one of those movies with Fit the playmates. Kill. Andy, Andy Sedaris directed it, and it's uh, it has all the playmates. It's great. It's it's wonderful. So, uh, you have to catch okay. up on the Andy Sedaris. But here's what we'll do. Uh, yeah, we'll, get you, we'll, we'll get we'll get you back on here more often. You know, we'll keep in touch. I'm not going to let you just fall through the cracks again, because uh, I got to start talking to more people. You know, I got to start. Uh, <laughs> you should. Yeah. Yeah. It might help. 
Also, uh, we'll do a Larry shirt. Start thinking of ideas for that Larry shirt, Larry's Lounge, whatever you want to do. And uh, I just hope and pray Larry doesn't sue you. That's all I hope. Uh, I just hope he doesn't sue you. <laughs> but I, think I could not imagine Larry suing me. I, he doesn't have the energy. I don't think so. I don't think so. Unless there's a lawyer hiding in the garbage cans, I don't think he's got a chance. <laughs> I, oh, oh uh, Corey, though, Tuffy, I, buddy, Tuffy here, they, Tuffy's a lawyer. So he'll take any cases that comes your way, right, Tuffy? You'll you'll be Corey's yeah. lawyer. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So, did you tell Larry I was coming on the show tonight? I did. And what did he say? <laughs> I said, "Would you like to join us?" And he said, oh, "Maybe we'll see." And that was all I heard him. That backstabbing prick. <laughs> I'm emailing him as soon as I get off the phone here. I'll let him know what I really think of him. As soon as yeah. I'm going to go get the knife out of my back and, and then yeah. email him. Yeah, put it into the shirt, you know? Make a, we'll do a, a yeah, nice Yeah, I'm thinking. Make... Yeah. <laughs> a vengeful shirt. I, yeah, we'll do a whole thing. Like, like Larry with a bunch of knives stuck in him. <laughs> So I, I'm really liking the. I think that, like, is, is a uh, parting thought is we should really go with this garbage can, <laughs> crushed beer, shed, and really I think what Larry's Lounge is a good is sounds good, but I think we can do better. Hey, and if, if you have if you have pictures of Larry uh, by that tree. Like maybe look in the yeah. background. You might be able to see the shed because it's like uh, back. It would be if you're looking at the tree. It would be to the back left. It might be back there in the background. <laughs> I'm pretty. I look at pictures of Larry all the time, so <laughs> I'm really familiar with them. And, and I don't think I've ever seen a shed. It was always the tree, and it was different. Too light. The only thing. Right. The the one thing that you the only thing you notice in the pictures of Larry are the different sizes of Larry. <laughs> like it's 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 funny. Like he you you'll get one and you, you're guessing they're like two eighty, and then you get another one and you're like two two thirty. And then I'm not picking on him at all. I'm just telling you that's the, the kid fluctuates in weight like you and believe. So, <laughs> I'm writing this down. Fit to kill, and you said Kevin Sedaris. Uh, Andy Sedaris. Right. Andy Sedaris. Yeah. Andy, where did I get Kevin? Uh, well, maybe Jack. But uh, are you familiar with the website Tubi TV? You can watch movies for free on Tubi. Have you ever heard of it? Tubi. Yeah, I, I did. T-U-B-I, uh, Tubi. Like, uh, okay. they, they, they have all the Andy Sedaris movies. So if you just go on Tubi and type in Andy Sedaris, S-I-D-A-R-I-S, all of them will pop up, and they're all spectacular. Okay, I have it all written <laughs> down. Yeah, if you guys have any ideas, yeah. send them my way, because I am I I, I I'm looking like I, I need to get some new content up there, and I want to do it um, just like we did with Dave's The Thunder when it was cool, like yeah. where everybody's involved and um you know where people people can get their 
because a lot of people were happy with, with just like making artwork and then somebody doing like them getting a t-shirt for free, you know, of, of something they made. And um, I, I have to say that I will never be doing any more Hollywood deals <laughs> like what I had. So, but we, the, you know, I will definitely spread the wealth around whoever comes up with good ideas, but um, send them my way, shop back up and running. And um, we're going to be making some new shit. But uh, I think the B-movie route is a good way to go because just like there, there, I know that there's a lot of people, like I know of people just like you guys that watch the B-movies for fun and um, not not many that do podcasts about it, but I know people <laughs> who do it, do it, do it for fun. And I, I, from my experience with that Aspen Extreme shirt, um, like it's almost insulting because I have stuff where I did really good artwork and <laughs> it doesn't sell shit. And like like that Adat shirt that you, that you own, Janks, and thank you for buying it because <laughs> it took me a long time to make that. And and um, and it's. It's hurt that nobody buys that, and that they buy a stupid damn shirt that 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 took me about like like twenty minutes to make, and it was a joke, and that's the one they like. So, I uh I just bought three mm-hmm. t-shirts while talking. Right here, so. Oh look at that! You sold three hey. t-shirts coming on the show tonight, Corey. Look at that, Tuffy just. Did you really? Yeah, I got You're the, gonna be busy uh, the the uh. The, the this machine kills fascists and uh, what was the other one? I just walked outside to smoke cigarettes, so I forgot what I bought already. <laughs> Do you know that you're the only one? You're the only one who's bought that shirt. <laughs> you were the very first person. I I was so proud of that shirt. That shirt is awesome. That also took me. Thank you. Yeah. You're my new. You're my new favorite person. They. I. <laughs> I put so much thought into that shirt, and that is my favorite guitar, Gibson Explorer, and it's obviously a take on Woody Guthrie, and and I just wanted to do something more. I like metal and hard rock, and and yeah. I and nobody. I mean, that's a. I think that's a two color shirt. Nobody has bought. Nobody bought it <laughs> one time. Well, there you go. Look at that. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's the James. You're a man of impeccable taste. I had to to get that one, you know? (laughs) Oh, the James. Yes. Are you a Metallica fan? Yes. Oh, my God. You're definitely my new favorite person. He also also loves Ozzy Osbourne. He's a big Ozzy fan. Ozzy's the one. I do, too. I've seen Ozzy six times. Oh. I've only seen him three times, but uh, I was also born in 1984, I saw, so I for most of his career. <laughs> uh, see, I was born in 78, so I saw the OzFest before. But there was an OzFest before it was actually called OzFest, 
And it was the first Black Sabbath reunion. And they picked five dates for Black Sabbath to play in Pittsburgh was one of them. And I got to see it. And I've seen Metallica six times. And that is why I picked that Gibson Explorer because that's Hetfield's guitar. Yeah. So it's all coming together, boys. Best friends, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, you and Tuffy are best friends. What's that? We can, you can come back and we can talk shit about the new Star Wars movies and uh, talk Metallica and talk. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, we we would have a six or seven hour show. Yeah, you and you and Tuffy are like brothers. You you all. We'll see. All right. I could talk about Star Wars and Metallica. I mean, that's pretty much all I. The only things I like in, in, in on Earth. You know. Yeah. And and. Like, like, I, I've like, like both of them I've loved since Star Wars. I've loved 83, like was the only, I saw Return of the Jedi. I was old enough to remember seeing that in the theater. And then um I remember getting Master of Puppets in 86. And those are the two things. Yeah, like those are the two only two things in my life. Hmm? You're an eight year old listening to Metallica, Master of Puppets. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. Was a skateboarder, (laughs) and that's what everybody in my town listened to was thrash metal, and we skated. Thrash metal is an eight year old. And (laughs) yeah. Well, it doesn't it explains a lot, though, doesn't it, Del? No. Yeah. And it, I remember I used to have to hide it. I wasn't allowed to have it because it was devil music. So I would hide it. I only could listen to it on my Walkman. And um, uh, but those Metallica and Star Wars are the the only two things I can think of off the top of my head that have been like loves of mine my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Add Ozzy to the mix and you got me covered. Yeah. <laughs> well Ozzy I I would be as enthusiastic about Ozzy. Um except for the last time I saw him, he was I don't know what the hell was going on. He looked and and <laughs> I can't believe he's still alive because this was probably yeah. I, I last time I saw him was twenty years ago. Oh. and and he was yeah. waddling. You know that you know that little jump he does with it? He puts his hands out yeah. like claws and he, he does like a little hop. <laughs> he hop? kept doing that sh- and he kept walking like he had a load in his pants. And then he would do that little like creepy crawly hop. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> he and, probably and I was like, was doing that. Oh, so th- that was before the Osbournes came out. So oh, after that came yeah. out, I was I was just like, okay, <laughs> like he's still doing drugs. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, boy, this has been great. Um, yeah, it was great talking. Having me back on, and we'll we'll. We'll talk. We'll talk all kinds of. Uh, we'll talk new shirts and some 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 bad movies and Metallica 
and Star Wars. Sounds good, buddy. <laughs> one one thing I can do is find some holes and, huh? Yeah, just backpage press dot com. Right? Everyone go go buy shirts. Go buy some shirts because because uh, I need the money. Yeah, Feeny took all the money. <laughs> Me, yeah, Feeny, Feeny bled, bled me dry. I can't wait to pack up that 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 uh this this, this the kills fastest shirt. I can't believe you bought that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna run City. into the house and. Are you about Spatula City too? Yeah. That was my other one. I I thought this is the most brilliant <laughs> concept I've ever come up with. Wait, what was the other one? Like it's Spatula City from Spatula UHF. City. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Larry got me that one before. Yeah, Jake loves uh, what is yeah. that? Movie? UHF or whatever. UHF. And I did it in yep. Iron Maiden font, and I was like, this yeah. Is so the bloody knives. Awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and and I'm like, nobody, that one, I have to say, I've sold four, maybe, four oh. or five. One of them's to Jake, then. Or one to Jake. But it's been up for six years, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll, well, we'll double guys. those. I, we will double those sales with the Larry collection. Don't you worry. It'll be huge. Right. Yeah. Well, don't All be right, surprised sorry. if you get a few extras in your package there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey. Thank you, buddy. I will be in touch. All right? Yeah, thank you, guys. It's been fun. <laughs> there he goes. Corey Seymour, backpagepress.com. Right. See you, Corey. Bye, Corey. Yeah, go buy some shirts. Wow, look at you, Tuffy. Finally, you don't spend money on just WWE champions. Sometimes you buy some shirts. Yeah. <laughs> He's just dropping the point. Yeah, it's good talking <laughs> for you. Yeah, it's been a while. I feel bad because it's just like, uh, like I said, all the days just blend together. And uh, yeah, and all of a sudden it's been years. Yes, because really, yeah, because I know he's busy and I never like bothering people. All right, yeah, I, I need to make more of an effort to talk to people. Yeah, I'm glad we're making this mission for you, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can, well, you can uh, live vicariously through me uh, reconnecting with people. Like you're, you're like two degrees good, of separation, good. you know. Like so kind of connecting yep. with people. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, thanks to Corey coming on. All right, let's get to fit to kill because uh, this is going to be like a five-hour show. But uh, good. This, uh, of course, Andy Sedaris. We've watched all the uh, boobs, uh, babes, and uh, well, wait, what? Are, I always forget. Bombs, babe. Wait, bullets, babes, and boobs. Is that what it is? Or <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I mean, no. the DVD has the less good title of what? Guns, girls, and g-strings. Oh yeah, that's not that's not what I use. Yeah, babes and boobs are the same thing. So it has to be something. Bombs. Yeah, bombs, bullets, bullets? and boobs. Yeah. Bombs, bullets, and boobs. But uh, he made a bunch of these, and we've watched all of them except for three. And uh, once we get this one down, only two left. But this is the final one featuring our beloved Donna Spear. Yeah. She loves Donna Spear. Your okay. beloved Donna Spear. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, she plays uh, – wait, oh, wait a minute. I'm on the IMDb page, and uh, I just happened to flip down to the reviews by accident. And the headline for the featured review is Andy Sedaris is a hack fraud. 
What? <laughs> what movie was this person watching? His movies might have had an appeal to them in the VHS era when people could not look at nude women online, but in the internet era, <laughs> they have no appeal whatsoever. One movie of his is that he I enjoyed. just watch Madonna scenes. That's probably <laughs> why he's writing this. Madonna was awesome. One movie uh, of his that I enjoyed was Hard Ticket to Hawaii, but I regret watching it and retroactively hate it. Right, you said you enjoyed it, right? <laughs> what? Uh, the reason I must watch more of them is because my friend has a weird fascination with Sedaris' uh, movies, which I cannot comprehend. The only a friend sounds quality, like a cool guy. Yeah, I'd like to meet his friend. He seems cool. <laughs> the only redeeming quality of this is the legendary Gerald Okamura. Uh, yeah, that's is that the redeeming quality. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, apart from that, it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo with boobs and poorly shot accents, action scenes. And what's your complaint? Yeah, I'm exactly. sure I'll watch more of Andy's movies, and I'm sure I'll hate all of them. I'm just glad they're not making any more. Yeah, okay. taking away our life's blood. I know. Don't listen to him. He's a creep. Andy Sedaris is awesome. Uh, here's the IMDb description of the movie. In this follow-up to Hard Hunted, international arms dealer Kane seeks a Russian imperial diamond which was stolen by a Nazi officer from a Leningrad museum during World War II. There's a lot going on Yeah, and don't forget the backstory about that diamond is definitely filled in. Yeah, it's... Oh, what is it? Several times. (laughs) Very confusing. Uh, For those who don't remember, the the international arms dealer Kane was originally played by Pat Morita, but in the last two movies, he's been played by... Robert Moore's son, Roger Moore's son, Roger Moore, James Bond's yeah. son. So I go from Pat Morita to a white British fella. Uh, <laughs> this is a real shame because we could have had Pat Morita hitting on Donna Spear in this movie. <laughs> well, and apparently Pat Morita was German because we get the backstory for Kane in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because his dad was a Nazi. All right, so most of the same people are back. Of course, Don, Donna Spear is Donna Hamilton. Roberto Vasquez as Nicole Justin, and they are all these people are part of a, uh, a spy organization, right? They're like some sort of top secret spy yeah. organization that runs yeah. out of Malachi, uh, Hawaii, right? Isn't that the island they're on, Malachi? Upper yeah. And uh, their cover is that they're helicopter pilots or, or uh, plane pilots for a cargo uh, place, but actually they're spies. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if anyone believes their cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know who they're fooling. Uh, we also have that Bruce Penhall guy's back. No one cares. Um, <laughs> you hate Bruce Penhall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching these movies for Bruce Penhall. Uh, that, the one Abilene Brim- guy is back. Uh, yep. Yeah, Cynthia Brimhall is back as Edie Stark. Oh, she's so fucking good looking in this. Yeah, she does look pretty good here. She does look pretty good. Um uh, who else is back? Uh, oh, well, Ava my, yeah, Ava Goodell. I, I'm a big fan of Ava Goodell. She is, uh, I'm a big, big fan of Ava Goodell. <laughs> uh, I was very happy about this movie because the last movie, Ava Goodell <laughs> did not get naked. And I was very mad about that. Never got naked. But, but this movie, yeah. she gets naked and it's awesome. You, uh, you wrote oh, a, a, much like the guy below, uh, about the last movie. Because Ava Goodell didn't get naked. Yeah, I was very upset by that. Um, <laughs> who's the other lady in here? Uh, well, Julie Strain makes her debut uh, as a villain. Uh, as a villain. Uh, she plays Carolyn Liu is Silk. Oh, yeah, Carolyn uh, Liu is Silk. 
She's been in and about Sam three of them. And a uh, new addition. I think she was in the last one, actually. Um, oh. That's the blonde girl? Yeah, the blonde in the, girl. She's always in the hot tub? Yeah, I think she was there last time. Yeah, she, okay. she, she had, like, a very similar scene in this movie where her and that Abilene, Shane Abilene, are, like, shooting at cans on the beach. That exact yeah. scene was in the last movie. <laughs> 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 he really run out of ideas for this and is just doing the same things over and over again. Yeah. Um, but uh, so there are all the the key players here, and uh, there's the plot. Now right, was this so, the same Silk? This is the same actress. Yeah, she yeah. looked a little different, but I think it is the same lady though. This one didn't seem to speak English, and they had to dub in all of her lines from off screen. Well, there was a lot of uh, ADR in this one. I feel like there might have been some yeah. microphone issues because I feel like all the Cynthia Brimhall they were re-recording the dialogue. But. Uh, yeah, that might have been a production issue more than anything. I find that hard to believe because this seems like a top-notch production. <laughs> uh, but this this is Donna Spears' final film. She was in like seven of these, I think. And uh, I, I get, from what I read, I think this was supposed to be the final film. But then, like, I think the next one comes out like three years later, and they decide to do two more. And Julie yeah. Strain, Julie Strain, then becomes like the Donna, I guess. Over. Oh, she switches sides. Yeah, she's a completely different character, though. Kind of like Roberta Vasquez started off as a bad lady member, and yeah. then she died in, like, Picasso Trigger, and she came in as a, an agent. So the same thing happens with Julie Strain. I also think this was Cynthia Brimhall's final film. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> she didn't get naked in this, though. Like, she did, yeah. but we didn't uh, see anything. She had, like, a wet t-shirt thing going on. Yeah, she had yeah. Like a sheer white top where you could see everything, but that doesn't count in the boobs count because it's still a close. Yeah. You know, still close. And then she got naked. Well, like, she was in like yeah, the a, boob count's going to be controversial because Ava Cadell, well, yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, there's a three for Ava. <laughs> but uh, there's, but uh, Cynthia Brimhall's naked like in a in a lake or a pond or something uh, making out the guy, but she, she's her boobs stay underwater, so I don't really see anything. So I think this is the first time Cynthia Brimhall doesn't get naked in any of these films, though, right? Yeah, yeah. that's upsetting. Yeah, she's uh, by far the best looking. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know, Ava Gadell, Julie, Julie Strain looked great. I thought Julie Strain looks great sometimes, but then you, you like get a good look at her boobs from the front, like you're just like, oh, those are so lumpy, like well, mashed potatoes. Uh, there's a lot of fake boobs in here, you know? Like Sandy, yeah. Sandy God bless her, she's got some uh, big fake boobs. And... Yeah, I'm just not a fan of the big fake boobs. Um, I'm also going to say about uh, something else here. Oh, the, the trivia notes on IMDb. Uh, Julie Strain said she loved making these movies. Uh, because she said this is like her first movie. Because she was a playmate in a penthouse pet or, and stuff like that. But I think this is the first movie she filmed, and then some other ones came out before this. Because she was cranking out. Like, I think in 1993, she did, like, 12 films. And then in 94, <laughs> she did, like, 11 or something. Like, holy <laughs> fuck. Holy strange. Is this and everything. Um, but she said she loved it because it was just about, you know, she said all the movies are the same, except uh, maybe the next one, they would just tighten the bikini tops. Take them. <laughs> she, she loved the movies. And uh, what else did I read about this? Oh, uh, Donna Spear, because uh, Andy Sedaris's wife, I think her wife, his wife's name was Arlene, right? She was like always yeah. the executive producer. And uh, Donna Spear went to her with the script, and she says, hey, I think there's more nudity in this script. And uh, Arlene says, hey, 
Don't you worry, Donna. Rest assured, you are correct. There is more nudity. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of nudity in this. Yeah. (laughs) The boob count definitely exceeded the body count. Yes. Yeah, the body count was very low until the end, and then they started piling them up uh, in that last scene. But um, All right, yeah, let's get into it. So, uh, Tuffy, how does this movie begin? Uh, well, we get sort of an intercut with the credits. We have, uh, Donna and Roberta Vasquez, like, swimming in a stream, and then... Like in a waterfall, and they're, like, bikinis. Yeah, like in a waterfall. And, you know, Donna's always great. We love Donna here on this show. Don't listen to Jenks. But Roberta (laughs) Vasquez looks smoking hot here. Yeah. Yeah. They really got her hair right in this movie, I feel like. She looked good. Yeah, and then uh they're kind of uh tracking down some other guys with guns. And then uh turns out it's a training exercise. Yeah, it's Bruce uh, and Paintballs. Yeah. And that's Shane. And uh, the one Yeah, so so they're and then, they're relaxing under this waterfall though in their bikinis and they get a little buzzer going off like while they're closed. And I got oh here they must have tripped the wire and we're cutting to them like the guys hunting them, but they're wearing masks, so we don't know who they are. So right away, Donna and Roberta, they climb out of this uh, waterfall. They change into the, the little camouflage pants and tank tops, and and they grab Uzis. And now their hair is completely dry as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they shoot the two fellas with the paintball guns, and then uh, the fellas go off to the gun range, and I forget what uh, Donna and Roberta do, but... Well, then they're uh, walking back. They're supposed to walk back. I... I for this exercise or whatever. And the guy, the main guy who's in charge of this uh, secret spy unit and he's running this exercise, he of course has a remote control helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden he's shooting little missiles at Donna and uh, Nicole and then uh, shooting missiles at the gun range at the fellas. And they all come back and he says, you know, you can never rest. You never know when it's over. And it's like, I assume you told them it was like a two versus two practice thing. <laughs> Yeah, so, guy, I don't know. Seemed like a real creep. I don't remember him being such an asshole in the other movies. He, do you remember him being like this big of an asshole? Uh, uh, I just assumed he was because he was banging Cynthia Brimhall, so he must be an asshole for taking her away. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I rarely remember the men in these movies at all, yeah. so <laughs> it's hard to say. It's a fair <laughs> point. Yeah. Uh, but because it seems like he's a real dick at the beginning of this movie, and then in like the second half, he's going on picnics with Cynthia Brimhall and shit, and it's like, what? Yeah. Well, they were on a picnic last time because that was when uh, the guy in the boat got blown up, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. There's always a guy in a boat that gets blown up, too. I mean, it always happens. Yep. Uh, so, so, yeah, they're in a training exercise, and uh, th- that ends, and he yells at them. And uh, then I think we cut to see Julie Strain, right? Uh, no, next we go to Ava Cadell's at KSXY and Sandra Wilde just pop yeah. in the hot. Yeah, because Ava <laughs> Cadell, her cover is that she's a radio DJ, but her broadcasts, they always have secret coded messages for the spies. And uh, so Ava Cadell is doing her broadcast, and her assistant, Sandy, is just standing up in a hot tub talking on the phone topless. <laughs> God bless her. She is just always topless and always in that hot tub. It's like like the topless psychic in Mallrats, where it's just like, in order for her powers to work, she has to be topless in this hot tub. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, she's, I think she's in three scenes in this movie. She's topless in two of them. Yeah. 
So yeah, she's looking good. Looking good, that Sandy. Great. And then, uh... Yeah, then we get to, uh, Silk. She's on the boat, right? That was Silk? Yeah. Or they're in the hotel. They're in Las Vegas still or something, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just to recap for everybody, Silk is an undercover agent. She's on the good guys team, but she's undercover as, like, the Roger Moore's kid. Girl. Yeah. She's his mistress girlfriend. Yep. She's actually working for the good guys. She gave him a necklace that has, like, a homing device in it so they can always track him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Julie Strain is doing, like, Tai Chi up in a uh, string bikini or something, too, at the same time. Yeah, it's like a, one of the V-shaped bikinis, I think, right? Like, yeah, uh, it's like a Borat bikini. Vampirella? Kind of. Yeah, Vampirella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd make a good Vampirella. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so she's, she's doing this Tai Chi on the beach. And uh, then when she gets done, the first thing you do when you're done doing Tai Chi on the beach is you just take off your bikini top. That's exactly what she does. <laughs> yeah. She just lowers the bikini top and then walks off. It's like, thank you, Julie. <laughs> yeah. This is where, yeah, I was like, oh, it looks so good until until you get a shot of those boobs. And you're just like, oh, hey, I didn't yeah. mind. I didn't <laughs> mind. And, and again, she's a very tall lady. She's like a legit six foot. So, yeah, she's an amazing yeah. figure. And she was doing some crazy poses. It was great. Yeah, she's very fit. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Julie's a big, meaning yeah. woman. Yeah, and then we cut to uh, Silk and Kane are in bed, and then Silk's topless, so we're already in our third set of boobs, like, ten minutes into the movie. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Within, like, the first, uh, like you said, we, we already have a remote-control helicopter and uh, three pairs of boobs. Like, eight minutes. <laughs> so, it's a pretty good start. Pretty good yep. Start. I think Sedaris is trying to get to the point where no scenes will not have one of those two things. It's just going to be <laughs> a cut out all the stuff in between. Because you remember Picasso Trigger, which was like, I think, the third movie or something. Like, the first 40 minutes, there's, like, no nudity. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. This is was, how it that... goes. This is what we want. Every scene. Maybe he's planning to go out with a bang, I guess, if he thought this was going to be the last one. Yeah, maybe. So, Julie Strain, though, she's like a, an assassin for a a, a Chinese... Like, uh, boss or something? Something like that. Yeah, the Chinese mafia or something like that. And she is supposed to go assassinate Roger Moore's kid, Kane. Yeah, because in the last movie, the gyrocopter pilot <laughs> lost the nuclear, uh, yeah. trigger, trigger thing or yeah, whatever. nuclear trigger. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that guy's name was Raven. That Chinese fellow yeah, flying that black helicopter. Yeah, because she gets a she gets a round off on Kane, but he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, but I, I don't care what he's wearing. Let's talk about what Julie Strange's wearing. She's wearing like a full yeah, body like, black suit. cat suit with like almost like a metal bikini over top of it. It's a very interesting yeah. look. I, I was very happy that Julie Strange got added to these things. <laughs> she, she adds a lot, so. Welcome aboard, Julie. That was a good call. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I can see I, her being the face of this franchise. I, I guess I guess how she got involved is uh, she decided she wanted to get into acting, so she just sent uh, some pictures or whatever to Andy Sedaris because she had seen these films. And right, and he's a yeah. smart man, this Andy Sedaris. So he's like, shit, yeah, come on over. Yeah. <laughs> Tired. 
Yeah, smart move on her part, too. That was the director to send them to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she so tried to feel, but they even didn't want her for Jurassic Park, I guess, for some reason. How dare you? What a crazy <laughs> <sounds>. <laughs> <laughs> That was more of a joke because that's a family movie. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying since so she's tall like a big old dinosaur. You well, you could make fear Jurassic Park two joke there. Yeah, save that for. I thought this was a uh, a Larry situation where you think any lady over five six is gross, quote unquote. <laughs> I mean, Larry turns out was not wrong. I learned that last summer on Big Brother. There was that one really tall girl, or was like she's kind of cute, but she's way too tall. I don't like it. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> Take it away. All right. So, uh, yeah, Julie Strange, she shoots uh, James Bond's kid in the back, but he's wearing, like Tuffy said, he's wearing a bulletproof vest. And then uh, he has his henchmen pounce on her, and uh, they're like, hey, we're going to – he was expecting her to try and assassinate him, but he's going to turn her onto his side, and they're going to take out her boss. That's the plan here, right? Yeah. Uh, no, she's going to take out – she was going to take out someone else to make up not killing him for her boss. Because he's going to get the diamond, and she's going to make up for having not killed him by getting the diamond or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it's always it's very confusing these plots. Yeah. Because then later, Julie is strange. She's actually she never flipped. It was all planned, and she stayed loyal to the Chinese gang. So yeah, it's very confusing. Even they weren't who they said they were. Yeah. It's it's his classic scenarios. <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, the Molokai gang has a little meeting because they're going to serve as security for. Is Chang the guy who hired Julie Strain, or is he a different guy? Chang Chang <laughs> hired Julie Strain. I, I think this whole thing was a plan. So Chang has the diamond. Yes, he he gives the Molokai people a fake diamond, right? And because he knows he wants to lure Kane out into the open so he can kill Kane. Because Kane's dad. Right. I thought he wants stole... to. <laughs> wait, wait, what's that, Tubby? I thought he tries to frame Kane and Donna for stealing the diamond. Yeah, Not yeah, whatever. It. Yeah. So uh, this is all plot for Chang. He he pretends to be a good, honest Chinese businessman or something that has this diamond, and he wants to return it to the Russian people. So he's hiring the Molokai spy group to like bring the diamond back to the Russians or something. But uh, he also hires Julie Strain. Because he wants to get, he wants to frame Kane. It's it's all very convoluted, but um, yeah, yeah. He wants Kane to steal a fake diamond, which will make the U.S. forces look stupid and make Kane look like an idiot. Because he also then, wants to get pictures. He has Julie Strain take pictures of Kane making out with Donna, and he's like, when these pictures yeah. hit the headlines, it will be so shamed. Like, why you're making out with a hot blonde? Who cares? He's like, no, 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 because you're an international arms dealer and you're making out with a secret agent. Yeah, I, I guess people would care, but I don't anyone care. I don't think. No, I mean, I'd be embarrassed to be seen with Donna Spear. Uh, but. I, I knew you were <laughs> such a creep. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, either way. So the Molokai game is going to... The big island. They're going to Honolulu, I think, for this dinner. Uh, we get another shot of Sandra Wilde naked in a hot tub. Yeah, and then we get there. Donna and Roberta changing. So we oh, got yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah, I thought, hey, maybe this will be the last time we see Donna's boobs in this. So I really took it in. I was like, oh. 
enjoy this. Yeah. I'm hoping. But uh, now we see her again later, man. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, then we get the, the shooting practice scene that we had from the last movie with the Abilene and Sandy. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. Yep. Yeah. That's Sandy. Still got it. Yeah, it's Shane Abilene can't hit anything, but she, uh, she's... <laughs> She's a yeah. Jedi, as long as she's topless. <laughs> yeah, well, I so think she had a bikini on here. I think she put the bikini top yeah, on. Yeah, she was not topless in this scene. That's a missed opportunity. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then they all meet up with Chang, who explains that this diamond was like a Russian diamond that then the Nazis stole or something. I don't know. There's like a five minute like backstory with stock footage from World War II. <laughs> this is so weird. That great scream. <laughs> it's got the Wilhelm scream. Uh-huh. In it. Yeah, yeah. So there's literally, like Tuffy says, literally just stock footage from World War II for like three minutes. And like the the Chang, the the actor doing the voiceover, like it's, it seems like a different voice. Even was it even him doing the voiceover? I don't know. Like yeah, it very well person. could have been something else. But uh. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, you don't need to do this. But, uh, whatever. No, you can explain it. It was delivered so quick, too. It was like, all right, I didn't comprehend any of that, but whatever. I probably don't need to. Yeah. yeah so, so, basically, this Russian diamond was stolen during World War II by the Nazis. This Chang guy has it, and he wants to give it back to the Russians. That's basically the yes. That's That's his story for Don Spear and Friends. Uh, yeah, because then we get Julie Strain goes to buy her own remote control helicopter. <laughs> yeah, the dialogue here was sparkling. Real, like, uh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. That's the Tracy dialogue here. Yeah. Because what did she say? She's like, uh, let, let's recreate the scene, Jank, me and you. I'll be Julie Strain. You be the guy with the helicopter. Nice helicopter you have there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it was a great piece of machinery you had there, Flyboy. Yeah, Flyboy. And then he's like, it's long. It's quick. It's hard. <laughs> it's dangerous. It's aggressive. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's basically what it was. Back and forth. Yep. Like it. And listen, God bless Julie Strain. How Quite did the- you guys just nail that? Word <laughs> for word. I pulled up the close captain here. That was the exact sequence. Yeah. Oh, I just... <laughs> I was, just, I wrote I was it down. just improvising. I, I just, you know, because, you know, I'm a writer, Tuffy. I just figured, how would I write this scene? And that's exactly Yeah. yeah. But uh, God bless Julie Strain. Not the best actress at this point in her career, right? Like, this is like yeah. her first movie. Not the best. Whatever. Well, the standards are so low in these movies yeah. that it didn't bump me. <laughs> but, yeah, she, she buys yeah. this uh, secret black helicopter. It looks exactly like the white helicopter that the uh, Malachi group had earlier. Yes. But it's, it's black. Yeah. And, and she buys it off this clown. And then she says, uh, drive home safely or something like that. He hops on his motorcycle because there's always got to be motorcycles in these movies. Yeah. yeah. And he rides oh. off on his motorcycle. But Julie Strange, she just fires up the helicopter. and She goes and kills the guy with the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. She gets very excited too when she kills him finally. Just pumps and like, yeah, I got him. Yeah, and I think that's the first body <laughs> of the movie too. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. body count was very low until the end. Then they started dropping. 
So yeah, Christ. then uh, then we got Ava Cadell picks up the Russian diplomat who's supposed to receive the diamond. Yeah, there's two Russian guys. There, there's a main Russian diplomat and then his his little sidekick, right? Yeah. Yeah, like a deputy or something. And this guy really wants to have sex with Ava Cadell because who wouldn't? And uh, but but she says at some point in the movie she says I like tough guys. You're just a simple diplomat, you know. I like tough guys. Mm-hmm. I don't like you know. Yeah. I think it's like at the dance where they're you know is, that, uh, she looks, she looks is there a chance awesome. for me and you? Yeah, she, she looked great in that dress there. Okay. Um. So uh, all right. So what else, Toffee? After the Russians show up. Uh, then we go to the ball where we're supposed to be delivering the diamond. Uh, Donna's dancing with Kane. Amy's yeah, with the Russian guy weird. and Cynthia Brimhall <laughs> singing Golden Quesadilla nominated song, Make the Leap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, I, I know no one listens to the, this here radio show. I'm sure you guys didn't, but I actually did go back and put in that theme song from that movie we watched last week. Ooh, that was. Ooh. Yeah, good job. Did. Yeah. So, I'm not going to put in the Cynthia Brimhall song, though. Oh, uh, yeah. not even at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> Intro song? <laughs> I got a lot of editing ahead of me, because this show, we fucked it up. Once, we, once <laughs> we start selling the Larry t-shirts, we can afford an editor who could do that for us. Yeah, I got a lot of editing ahead of me yet tonight, and this is a long show. So, yeah, probably not yeah. going to put in the Cynthia Brimhall song. <laughs> but she looked great. She's wearing, like, a black uh, Jessica Rabbit kind yeah, of dress. I think she's worn this one before. It looks very familiar. Looks good. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so Donna and Kane, yeah, because they're having their little, you know, villain, their enemies meeting on the dance floor. And then, uh, does, does straight he... upstairs. Because she steals the diamond, I think, right? Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember. I don't. For Kane and Oh, doesn't she steal it after she chloroforms them? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She headbutts the security guy. Yeah, like Donna, Donna and Kane somehow end up in a bedroom together. But I don't. Think <laughs> yeah. they, go up, they don't go upstairs together, though, right? Doesn't Donna go? He upstairs goes upstairs and then she follows him. I think. Oh, okay. And uh, this is your arch enemy, and you're just like sitting on the bed with him in his bed in his hotel room. And he basically <laughs> just like forces himself on her, and like throws her down on the bed and starts kissing her. You know, come on, Kane, that's kind of rapey, you know. But uh, then Donna yeah. is an international international arms dealer who's going to sell like nuclear weapons to the Middle East. So yeah. I don't think that's the worst thing he's done. Yeah, I guess he's not. <laughs> also, about. while all this action is playing out, Chang is once again telling the story of the diamond. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Donna pushes off Kane, and when she stands up, Julie Strain pops out of the shadows and like chloroforms her and knocks her out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, he's working with Julie Strain, he thinks, at this point, right? Yes. Yeah, Kane thinks Julie Strain is his team, right? Yeah, so I think he wanders upstairs knowing she's up there, and then Donna follows him, and then all this plays out. But where was the diamond at this point? That's what I was confused about. Cause I, In I a wasn't, safe? There's like a safe. safe up there or something? Yeah. So who gets the diamond out of the safe? Uh, Julie Strain, and she tosses... I think she gets the real diamond out because she tosses that out the window and then puts a fake one in a helicopter or something. Right? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, she... Uh, I think she put... No, the guy with the beard put it in the helicopter, I thought. 
Oh, so was it fake the whole time? Uh, it must be, yeah. It doesn't really matter, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Chang was... We were always dealing with a fake diamond, I think. Okay. But yeah, so they go upstairs, they steal the diamond, toss it out the window, they put it in a helicopter to fly it back to a boat, maybe? Yeah, like a yacht. Kane's yep. yacht. And then she chloroforms Kane, too, so that they can both wake up later. And I'll be like, oh, she got me, too. I'm totally innocent. Yeah. Yeah, there's two diamonds, because she gives one to the big guy in the white shirt, and she throws one out the window to uh, Kane's boat captain or whatever, his henchman. All right, so he I'm guessing the helicopter. she throws the fake one then to the, the henchman, and she keeps the real one, because I, so I guess Chang was dealing with the real diamond at first to the Malachi Yeah, she takes the real diamond down and gives it to Chang's henchman, I think, the, the big yeah. guy in the white, like, chef costume or whatever. Yeah, because she's still working with Chang, actually. So Yeah. See, I did not catch any of that when the movie was actually happening. So. Yeah, I was busting gems, so I kind of missed some stuff there. Or I don't I don't even think I was busting gems. I think I was reading up about the movie, and I was distracted. Maybe about some pictures. Yeah. So then they go back to Kane's boat with Julie Strain and Silk and all them, and Silk gets naked again. Yeah. Uh, and Julie Strang gets naked. She's gonna bang the boat captain henchman yeah. guy. Yeah, she uh, she really she's really into this boat captain guy, and like she has quite the sex with this boat captain. She's sitting on a counter in like a kitchen or something, giving it to her again. She's really into yeah. it. <laughs> it was a great scene though, where she was like trying to drink water out of like the kitchen yeah. sink, <laughs> and trying to look all sexy <laughs> about it. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Yeah, that's her. That was their idea of foreplay. I would way to do this. <laughs> she, I don't even know. I looked up and I, yeah, she's drinking it out of a tap, like the tap. Yeah. She just turns on the tap water and she goes down. She's like she's drinking it. Yeah, and it's like, what? Is, that's not sexy, Julie. I don't know what's going on. No. With that. Not sexy. Yeah, you're very sexy, but there's limits. Weird. <laughs> and then she like after she's done like lapping up the the stream of water, she puts her finger in the stream. And like gets it wet, and then she like licks her finger, right? And then and then that's a, that guy just goes nuts. Then he's like, "I am super horny now. Let's go!" And he just throws her up on the yeah. counter. I mean, I feel like just being in the same room as Julie Strain is going to be super <laughs> horny. Yeah, that's all you need, Julie. Just show up. You don't have to be doing anything else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they have the sex, and she's like screaming, yeah. and she's clawing at his back and everything. Yeah. I think she yells anchors away at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. Which she does. Right out of the scene with her yelling anchors away. That is right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, God. Uh, yeah. Then <laughs> the next next scene is Kane is hiring uh, the two guys he's hired several times now to kill. Yeah. Or this time to kill Edie. This time they come in as evil and Knievel. <laughs> yes. I don't oh, remember what Wiley and Coyote before. Yeah, Wiley and Coyote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't yeah. remember what they were the first time. Like, uh, remember that first time where there was like those teams of two assassins? Weren't they like a team yeah. of assassins? I can't remember what they were called. They were. Uh, was that in Savage Beach or Guns? 
it wasn't it wasn't uh, Hunt Hard you were, or whatever. It was the one before Hard Hunt. Cat Marita kept looking at the uh, computer yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, do or die, mm-hmm. do or die. Uh, there was see. one team that had weird names. Was it them? There was like Hot Dog and something. Uh, probably. <laughs> I do remember a Hot Dog reference. Let's see. Tuffy is scouring the IMDb. Um, one of them was Boudreaux. Oh, yeah. They were, uh, like the, they were down in the bayou. They were like cooks at a, at a restaurant in the bayou. Yeah, that's right. Boudreaux and Hey Bear, I want to say. Yeah, th- those aren't uh, – their names got better as we went along there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were playing Cajun guys in that one, I think. Yeah. Or pretending to be Cajun? I don't really remember. But, uh, yeah, so Payne hires them, and I think Silcat, I forget who asks why he keeps hiring them, but he has a. <laughs> he says because when they attack someone, they, they cause a big commotion, and it serves as a distraction. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the focus away from him. And also, importantly, in this scene, um, one of them goes to look at the necklace that Kane is wearing and accidentally breaks the chain on it. <laughs> yeah. That comes into play then, because that that yeah. necklace is like Jank said, a tracker. You can always keep track of. Yeah, so Silk wants to go get it repaired so they can keep wearing it, but he's like, "No, no, my bodyguard will do that. It's too dangerous yeah. for you." Yeah, he says it's too dangerous, and then wouldn't you know it, the bodyguard takes into a, a jewelry shop, and the jewelry shop <laughs> gets robbed. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> it really was too dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> And before we get to that, uh, we cut to a scene of Nicole and Bruce just having sex for some reason. She was yeah. looking pretty damn yeah, good here. Roberto Vasquez is on a yeah. game in this one. Yep. Yeah. And also, Evil and Knievel go to the local hobby store to buy some RC toys. <laughs> As you do when you're That's the family. only way to kill people these days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they get a remote control motorcycle from I think Yamaha, Oklahoma, maybe I forget what the yeah. combinations are. <laughs> and then they Honda, want... Massachusetts is where they get like the motorcycle from, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this scene goes on for a long time. It felt yes. like with buying the remote control car. Sure did. Uh, I liked it though. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I forget why they decide, but is this when they figure out the diamond was fake, maybe? And Donna goes to watch the boat, and um, Roberta Vasquez and Bruce go to watch the the uh, homing device or whatever. Yeah, they they think Kane is trying to like uh, go somewhere. So Donna's watching the boat, but. Uh... Yeah, Roberto Vasquez and Bruce Pennell are following. They think they're following Kane because of the necklace, but actually they're following yeah. the the jewelry store robbers and then the jewelry store thieves. Because, uh, yeah, he's in the jewelry store that's already being held up when he walks in. <laughs> um, and again, another body here because the yeah. the robbers shoot the guy who tries to call someone on the phone or something. Tries to call the cops. Yeah. He's very slow pulling his gun. 
It gave them way too long to yeah. shoot him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then the robbers get away. They're in a dune buggy because we got to have a dune buggy, just like we got to have a motorcycle and the remote control cars. Um. So then we got Roberta Vasquez and Bruce Penhall are chasing them. Yeah, they're going to celebrate their uh, their big victory of robbing this bank by or this jewelry store by getting a bunch of donuts and uh, some black yeah. coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, back at some shack. There's some, like a shack in the woods. Because uh, then Roberta Vasquez and Bruce get back there, and I think the first guy they just shoot shoot him right in the heart. Yeah, but they they, sh- they uh, knock on the door, and uh, Roberta Vasquez says, Candy Graham. And again, they think they, they're tracking Kane. And then the guy shoots <laughs> yeah. through the door. So they just open the door, and she just guns him down with, like, an Uzi, right? Yeah. Puts one right in him. And then another uh, guy gets shot, too. Bruce Penhall kills another guy, I think. Yeah, and then don't they blow up the last guy? Yeah, because the other guy who left to get the donuts and the coffee, he shows back up. And uh, Bruce Penhall shoots. They have a gun exchange there. But then Penhall shoots a grenade at him and blows up the shack and the car and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so that's bodies three, four, and five, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And now two dudes running. I think we get the the Cynthia Brimhall scene uh, where she's modeling for the boss guy. Yeah. Yeah. The the boss guy and her, they're like having a picnic. and also, they, they uh, made Cynthia Brimhall like a klutz in this movie. Like, the first yeah. time she shows up, she trips and falls, and then she hits him with the cork. Out. Like, that, that's a new character trait for her, right? I don't remember Edie being a klutz in any other movie. The first Never. time, I got the impression that she was late because they were fucking, and it took her for, you know, <laughs> that's why it was. Yeah. And then he had to chew her out to be like, oh, she's not playing, he's not playing favorites with her. But, uh, oh, okay. But, yeah, but they made her, like, trip and fall and lose her shit yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of movies, she's like a uh, performer singing songs and getting naked on stage. So I'd assume she's, you know, not a klutz or she wouldn't be able to do that. This is also weird uh, because this scene, like they're on the beach. She's got a bottle of champagne and he's got a camera. And then we just cut to her doing like a photo shoot with him. (laughs) Yes. And then cuts to another scene of them in like a a waterfall having sex. Yeah. But then it, it, it comes back to them just sitting on the beach. Like, I don't understand what was happening. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a dream sequence <laughs> or something. I have no idea. But again, the most important thing here is we never see her naked. No. Yeah. I, I see the top us in the water there, but she doesn't lift out very much. So, yeah, that's disappointing. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's so, a yeah. sad way to go on but, their uh, last over here. But Evil and Knievel, they're there on the beach to then try and kill Edie yeah. or, uh, and that guy. So they, they put down and, their remote control car that, that has a bomb on it, right? Yep. And it's also weird because Kane said they're, they do such a sloppy job to make a distraction, but he was very clear he wants them to do this when no one else is around this time. Nobody in boats, no animals, because that's what's thrown them off the first couple times, I think. Well, Oh yeah, he killed that cat. Remember? Hey, what? Yeah, remember they poisoned that cat at the, uh, the restaurant? Oh, that's uh, right. Uh, right. Sons of bitches. They do get in trouble, to... though, because there's a car, two yeah. girls in a car, and they're not playmates. They're like average human citizens. And uh, and the the one girl has like, 
let me play with a short rave radio or something. And she's monkeying with it and it, and it fucks up the remote control car. So it like turns the car around and drives it back to evil and Knievel. They're also sitting in a tent for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) And pitched up. (laughs) So the car goes right in the tent and blows up. And of course they never die. These two, they always get blown up, but they never die. And, uh, but then Cynthia Brimhall and that other guy come up with their guns drawn and they arrest them. Yep. That. Like, was like, did Kane get any benefit from that distraction? No, that didn't do anything for anybody. <laughs> Money well spent on his part. Yeah. Uh, I I think we're getting to the end, right? Like, oh, well, Donna. Uh, Donna and Kane get kidnapped by the Chinese mafia, right? Yes. Chinese mafia come on the yacht. Donna is spying on the yacht. One of the Chinese lady henchmen catch her. And then the other Chinese uh, mafia guys come on the yacht and they uh, grab Kane, right? And they want the diamond. He gives them the diamond, but they find out that the diamond's fake. Yeah. I think Julie Strain, uh, doesn't she shoot the guy that she had sex with too? Yeah, yeah, because Julie Strain, in order, when they're, when they're coming on the boat, she then flips back to working with the Chinese and she kills that guy that she had the sex with in the last scene. Yeah. Sam? Yep. That's body number six. So, uh, but they find out the diamond's fake. So then they take Kane and Donna prisoner and they go back to Chang. They take them back to Chang, right? And that's uh, Chang... yeah. And that, well, for a while, at first they're like, aren't they like uh, held somewhere, like I don't know, in the back of a boat or a plane or something? Because uh, uh, Rod, Roger in the Morris too. Uh, Ava Cadell's at the radio station, and some intruder comes in with a knife. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the Russian diplomat fights him off with Ava yeah. Cadell. Yeah, and uh, Ava Cadell, she's at the radio studio, and she's working in black lingerie with a little, like, uh, slip of yeah. because that's what you do when you're at work. Yeah. She <laughs> looks awesome. And, uh, yeah, so the Russian diplomat guy saves Ava Cadell, and he's like, does this change how you think about me as, a, you know, I'm just a diplomat? Is it possible? I think he says, is it possible you think of me differently yeah. or something? And she says, this is America. Anything's possible. Yeah. I think Jank used that quote the first time we started the show, and I fucked up yep. when I wasn't recording. Yeah. That didn't get recorded. <laughs> um, and now, but, uh, in the struggle, one of her boobs came kind of half out, so I don't know if we're yeah, counting that. Here. Did, well, it wasn't fully exposed, but there was a slight nip slip. Yeah. Slight yeah. Nip slip the right breast. But, um, yep, I would count that. No, I no, because the, the nipple itself wasn't exposed, just like the aerial. Like, so, no, I don't think. Yeah. Well, then her and the diplomat have sex, but you only see her left boob in that yes. one then. So. Yeah, they start making <laughs> out because she's into him now since he shows he's a tough guy. So, uh, yeah, her left breast comes out, and it looks glorious, and uh, they start having the sex. <laughs> and, uh, I was, again, I'm a huge fan of Ava Cadell. So uh, <laughs> then, all right, let's stick with them because uh, some other stuff happens, but then we cut back to them. And they're now in a hot tub together. Yeah, and still. Yeah, and she's completely naked now. Completely naked. Uh, no, she has a, a bikini bottom on. She it's does? like flesh colored, I think. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, she's topless, looking great. And uh, but his his Russian buddy comes in and he has his arm in a sling. And she's like, "Hey, wait a minute! You were pretending to be the attacker just so he could save me, and I would think you're tough, so I would have sex with you." Yeah. And, and the guy's just like, "Anything's possible." Yeah. <laughs> in America. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. That was a pretty good little yeah. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Better than showing him shooting the cans for the same, you know, <laughs> a couple of movies in a row. But again, I'm a huge fan of Ava Gaddafi. Oh my God. Huge fan. All right. So, uh, so that's that. And then, yes. Uh, and Kane and Donna. And Kane has like a dream sequence here. Yes. Uh, where him and Donna are banking. Fast forward. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Donna looks Get great. Here. Donna looks great. Yeah, she looks great. Also, uh, Roger Moore's son is doing a James Bond bit. His dream sequence is like he's James Bond. Yeah. And like like Dawn is in black lingerie and stockings and stuff at first. And then uh, next, he she's in bed like wearing like white lingerie, I think, and uh, topless. And then uh, they start having the sex. I, th- Donna, I thought Donna looked great here, Tucker. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Like crazy pills. <laughs> 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 So yeah, then uh, then they all meet up with Chang because they've kidnapped uh, Roberta Vasquez too at this point, I think, right? I don't even remember. Or no, is that no? That's Silk. That's not Roberta Vasquez. I got him confused. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they all show up, and then I don't even remember what happens from here. A bunch of people die. They figure <laughs> out who's got. The yeah, basically saying that like the the people he thinks are the Chinese mafia aren't really the Chinese mafia because why would they be wearing the red stars on their shirts if they were supposed to be undercover? <laughs> yeah, and apparently that <laughs> that convinces them. So Chang gets real mad. Also, Kane says that he had worked with one of these Chinese mafia, like like Kane or Chang's right hand man. He says that ah, no, that's not. I worked with this guy in the past. Not who you think yeah. And, oh uh, yeah. So so Chang gets mad and they start fighting everyone. Like the one lady uh, throws ninja stars and hits the one guy in the throat, yeah. right? Yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. And everybody yeah. starts shooting people. Then Chang gets killed. Yeah, who shoots Chang? Is that uh... Uh, the long-haired Chinese mafia guy? I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Chang pulls out like a knife and that guy just shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> and Chang's just like, oh, I wish I could have done it myself. Yeah, because there's a lot of people shooting. Isn't Julie Strain also shooting at people at this point, or is that? Like, uh, that well, then Roberta Vasquez and Bruce Penhall have showed up, so they kill one of the Chinese mafia guys. Yeah, they were like in the woods shooting down, I think too. Yeah, Donna starts fighting with uh, Julie Strain, and she swaps out the fake diamond for the real diamond. So now she's got the real diamond. And uh, I think uh, Vasquez gets in a fight with the lady Chinese mafia. They have a fist fight. And she like cracks her. This yeah. is uh, on the on the DVD uh, like the the menus. There was always this scene of Roberta Vasquez running in this like black tank top and her boobs just jiggling everywhere. That's from yeah. this movie. She, like, God damn, was it great? Yeah, were, she is not wearing a bra yeah, or anything. There were two scenes at the beginning when they're uh, doing that exercise after the waterfall. They're in their little camo tops. She's running in that with like the helicopters trying to shoot at them. Looks awesome. And then yeah, this she has a black tank top and she's running. Awesome. So good. Roberta, Roberta Vasquez running <laughs> is always a highlight of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she fights the lady Chinese mafia lady. Yeah. 
think she uh, loser, right? Well, that lady has a machete. She knocks her down. Then she pulls out another machete, and, uh, yeah, Robert Vasquez oh. just shoots. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that was, I think, four total oh. Chinese people got killed. One other thing I wanted to point out about our buddies Evil and Knievel, when they're setting up that remote control thing to try and kill them on the beach, they're having a conversation about who's a better actor. Uh, Homer oh, Simpson yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Or Fred Flintstone, yeah, yeah. And the one guy says, oh, Fred Flintstone is a cultural icon. And keep in mind, yeah. this, was, this was 1993. And the other guy says, Homer Simpson is a flash in the pan. Yeah. <laughs> 29 30, years four later, years later, <laughs> 34 Homer seasons. Homer is still on the air. <laughs> oh, man. Holy I feel like Andy Sedaris was trying to be like Tarantino or something. Let's talk about pop culture things. But, but this, was before, <laughs> this was before Tarantino, 93. This was before that. So Tarantino. Uh, before Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> when was Reservoir Dogs? What year? I want to say that I was 92. 91. Or 92, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking. Well, fiction was ninety four, but uh, and and again, Tarantino stole everything from uh, other filmmakers, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he probably did. Did did, did uh, Tarantino ever have any remote control cars in any of his films? <laughs> no, not yet. Django and maybe had some uh, some RC cars. I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, they, uh, uh, they're. They're killing all the Chinese uh, mafia people. Yeah. And then, Julie uh, Strainer back to the boat to get a remote control helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> She's good with the helicopter. Yeah. Then we get a uh, helicopter versus he- remote control helicopter versus remote control helicopter dogfight. It's just as good yeah. as anything in Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Cynthia Bermhall and her boyfriend show up at the other helicopter. And, uh, yeah, how who destroys... How does Julie Strain's helicopter get blown up? I, I guess the other helicopter blows it up? I think. Yeah, the other helicopter blows it up. There's another scene where the, the kind of boss guy for all the secret agents, like, falls down and he yells to uh, Cynthia Brimhall. He says, cover me. Yeah, and he she gets just... shot. He gets shot in the shoulder, and he falls down. Yeah, and he says, cover me. And Cynthia Brimhall says, okay, and just jumps on him. Yep. That's pretty great. I mean. <laughs> yeah. He's like, That's I would take that. Meant, but he's like, you know. Quit complaining. Even if that makes me bleed out more because she's just pressing the blood out and it's like, you know, pumping it out more. I don't care. That's a good way to go. Yeah. You know, it's a good way to go. Yeah, so Donna comes and takes uh, takes control of the helicopter, shoots their helicopter out of the sky, and I think she blows up Kane's yacht then. Yeah, she does. With the Donna, uh, or I'm sorry, with the Julie Strains on the yacht and another guy. Yeah, and the other guy. Yacht. Yep. Yeah. And, Although. Yeah. Now Kane is adrift at sea, which we see later on, but he somehow also had time to send Donna a picture and write a re- <laughs> write her a message, <laughs> even though he's yeah. still out. The- yeah, so she blows up the yacht though, and then the, like there's just a shot of Donna looking in the distance, and she says, "I think my work here is done." So I'm guessing this really was yeah. supposed to be the last movie. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Why does then it say it's like oh till next time Donna? So it's like oh they're they're setting up for another oh, one. Yeah, he that's what he. Well, I think you're just saying well maybe they'll end up together. But yeah, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, Kane does send her a picture of them because Julie Strain had taken a picture of them making out on the bed or him attempting to rape her. Really? 
And uh, it's really that's what you want when you're trying to woo a lady. Hey, here's a photo of me trying to rape you. <laughs> yeah. Funny. And he says, yeah, love Kane, maybe next time or whatever. Um, but then uh, we see him adrift out in the sea on a raft with Silk, and he tell he's lost everything. He says he's lost everything. He's yeah. lost his fortune. He's lost his yacht. He's lost everything. And he says to Silk, "Will you still love me?" And Silk says, "I will miss you, but I will still love you." That was a pretty good line. <laughs> yeah. Like she's, yeah, she's leaving him, but yeah, I'll still love you. you, whatever it is. That was pretty good. So then the movie ends with all of them gathered around, of course, uh, sipping champagne and celebrating yep. a good. This in the early days, this would be uh, where Jenks' girl Karen would yeah. say a little joke. Uh, like yeah, it really misses something. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a civilian, so I could do. I could break all of a lot. Yeah. I can still. I yeah. can do all those that painting and all those millions of dollars because I'm a civilian. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> but uh so here we just get them drinking the champagne and we close on donna and roberta vasquez like back to back drinking champagne that's the final shot there so is roberta vasquez done too is she also I, out after i that? think i think so i yeah, think I, so yeah i think it's julie strain and uh julie k smith i think might be the lady's yep. name and she's very blessed as well up top so <laughs> all right so there it is, Fit to Kill. Jank, what are your overall thoughts on Fit to Kill? Uh, it's hardly Sedaris's best, but, you know, it had a lot of nudity, so I, I can't, I'm not going to complain too much. I'm not going to kick it. All right, Tuffy, <laughs> I, I kept track. I think I might be off on my body count, but I know I got the boob count correct. So uh, what do you have, Tuffy, for bodies? Uh, for bodies, I have 14 bodies. 14 and then I have... Bodies. I also have 14 bodies. I thought I may have missed one, but yeah, 14 bodies. So there you go. That's what I had. And how do you have all the boobs there, Tubby? Uh, 23? That is That's what a... I had as well. 23 yeah. boobs. We got uh, four for Donna, four for Roberta, four for Sandy, four for Julie, four for Silk, three for Ava. Because we only see her yep. breast then. I don't know. Yeah. I, feel, uh, I was uh, heated uh, up in breast. Cynthia Brimhall. Yeah, yes. I, I would count the see-through uh, shirt. She <laughs> loses a point for Cynthia Brimhall not being naked. See, but but again, it's always interesting the rules of uh, boobs and bodies. But I think the rule is you have you can't have any anything over boobs. Like I know we can see through and see them just fine, but the clothing has to be yeah. off. Yeah, those do not count. Tough rules. Because hey, what was take, the movie where they had like the judges? Take it up with the judges. Contest. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's right. Spring it's a, something. Yeah. yeah, if it's a wet t-shirt contest, you can't count the boobs because the, there's a t-shirt over them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I would go for, uh, this would have been a nine, but since wow. Cynthia Brick didn't get naked, I'm, I'm going to cut us down to an eight. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I think this is a lesser Sedaris. Yeah. Um, like, I think Guns is better than this. Uh, Do or Die is better than this. It, it's probably right there with Hard Hunted, maybe, and... Uh, Picasso Trigger. I think it's in that yeah, tier. I would say so. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd still give it like an eight, maybe, just because Ava Cadell got naked. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, Jack, where do you weigh in on this? Um, I agree it's a little bit lesser, so I think I'm going to give it a seven, uh, uh, just because Cynthia Brimhall didn't get naked and Donna <laughs> got naked twice. So that's, that's <laughs> Well, for me, that's a perk. Seeing Donna as a perk. I enjoy Donna. Uh, 
So, yeah, but Ava Goodell is the big winner for me here. Uh, so, yeah, Fit the Kill, it's on Tubi. All the movies are still on Tubi. So uh, go and check. That was a dark time in our peer, in our lives when uh, when Andy Sedaris was off TV. Remember there was that trailer? Yeah. <laughs> we all got the DVDs. Well, yeah, yeah, I plugged in the DVD. So when I put the DVD in, so this one had Hard Hunted and Fit to Kill on it, I think. Okay. Uh, it just started auto-playing. And there's a scene of, like, Andy Sedaris just talking about the, uh, like, the poster for Hard, for hard Hunted. And Julie Strain shows up and just takes her top off what? and then says, I've oh, brought you a present. Twins. And it's the the porcelain twins, I think, with a Z. Twins with a Z. Who I don't <laughs> know who they are. It looks like they're about 12 in this video. <laughs> uh, I Googled them up. They have a Twitter page that they haven't posted on for three years that say they're internationally acclaimed fetish burlesque performance artists. But their website is a dead link, so I don't think they do that anymore. So I don't know uh, what was going on with that, but I was happy I had to see because I don't have that on mine. I don't think. I check the special. I got to see Julie Strain naked one more time. Yeah, I have to go uh, look at those DVDs again. Yeah, there might be some Andy Sedaris commentary on some of these things. Yeah, because it's him holding up the poster, and he's like, "This is the poster, and see, this is the." This is the logo for the bad guy, Kane, blah, blah, blah. And then Julie Strain walks up and just takes her top off for no fucking reason. <laughs> says, I brought you a present, twins, and I got more twins. And then these other girls show up, and I'm like, I don't understand. Where is this movie? How do I get to the menu? But this is not I get the Julie Strain preview, so. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, 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 there's, even, like, the director's commentary somehow got boobs in there. That's pretty great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after we're done with Sedaris, we could go through the uh, Julie Strain catalog because she's been in a shit ton of movies. Yeah, yeah. she's got to be in some on Tubi. I think. So, uh, all right, there it is. Next week, I don't know what will be, who is it, Jank? Are you picked, right? Or is it Tom? Uh, yep, I think so. Yeah, what did we watch last week, Tuffy? Uh, the Sybil Danning, they're playing with fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. <laughs> with fire. That was great. Yeah, Ron Hot here. Yeah, it's been a banner a couple weeks for me and Tuffy. Sybil Danning, Donna. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. haven't enjoyed it as much as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, next week I will be driving to Michigan because we got to take the boat out. For, but uh, So what does that mean? Like you still I'll just be in the car. I should right. still be able to do the show. But we'll have to do it with Skype, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. That works. Good to me. All right. Uh, a couple other things before we go. Remind everybody that our buddy, the Dave, has a new uh, show on Spotify Live called uh, Mr. Yeah. Lister. Mr. Lister. Apparently, he doesn't know his Tuesdays from his Thursdays, though. <laughs> oh, is, it, is that why he was late? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, I kept saying on Spotify when I went on Tuesday to find it, or I went on Wednesday, I think. Uh, and it was like, this event is on Tuesday. Want us to notify you when it happens? I'm like, uh, Tuesday oh. was yesterday. Well, <laughs> they recorded Tuesday, cause I was there when they recorded it live, cause he told me that I showed up, you know, to support the team. And, uh, oh. they, they did record it, but he was late to the recording session, but I think it was just technical difficulties. I, I, I thought, oh, but when you said that, maybe. So I don't know if they had trouble oh, yeah. uploading it. Oh, that could be. Maybe that's why it didn't go up till Thursday. 
Yeah, I did want to bring this up uh, when Corey was talking, but Dave does not seem like the most organized person, so I think that <laughs> was not involved in research stuff. Yeah, listen, I know the Dave fairly well over the years. He's the nicest guy there is. Uh, I don't think – I think it was just a situation where he was busy with the kids and everything, and he told Feeney to handle it, whatever, and Feeney was a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, times, like Dave time seems for the detail over the place. Dave's a man uh, of the people. Even, like, even even how he lost his fantasy football trophy, I guess the story is it was in the trunk of his car. He got in a car accident that totaled <laughs> his car. He forgot to clean out his trunk, so the trophy oh. just disappeared. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I never heard the story. I, uh, yeah, I think I heard that on the Bill Simmons podcast, maybe. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Mr. Lister, it's basically that uh, the scroll bowl he used to call it in the old days when they did it. But there's a category of sports trivia and, like uh, like I always say, Art Ross trophy winners. And you go back and forth until someone can't do it. And uh, they had two contestants, and Dave was the host. And it was a swell time. But, yeah, Tuesday nights. They playing real fast and loose with the uh, the rules on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the 10-second count really didn't seem to come into play too often. Like somebody, I think, in the second round, like the CNN guy got one wrong, and then they just kept going anyway, and he somehow yeah. still got the point for that one. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> The CNN guy. Yeah, I, I tried not to listen to the CNN guy when he was talking. But um, uh, Tuesday nights at 7, I think, has been when they recorded on Spotify Live. So if you're out there, go tune in and uh, support the Dave, you know. Because I think at the end, then, they uh, talk to anyone who's there who wants to get on and talk to them. I I tapped out because I don't want to listen to the BTLs talk. I don't want to listen to <laughs> Yeah. That's why I mic'd up the, uh, the David Feeney of this show, I think. <laughs> so, Maybe we can get Corey to call next week at the end of the show. <laughs> oh, also just an observation. I think Corey was getting a little bit Brandon Damashecki there at the end. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, that's enjoying some sake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a uh, uh, quick update. Okay. Uh, so we have our final four, and we have two of our final three are locked in now. Um, Alyssa, unfortunately, left the house this week, Mike Dell. She oh, went out at five. All right. So it's, it's a turn week for people meet Alyssa. Yeah. What else happened with people? Uh, so then uh, Taylor won the final, H- the final four HOH, so she's locked into the final three. Um, her and Monty started at least making out, if not banging. Um, and then Monty won the final. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know who these people are. Taylor, is she the, like, the tall model lady? Yeah, the, the pageant queen. Oh, okay. And and who's Monty? Uh, The big muscular black guy. Like, I think he's a personal trainer. He might be like an engineer, I think, is his actual okay. job. And trainer's his cover story. I kind of remember he that. He was a personal right. trainer. Uh, and then Turner, the guy who owns the rug store, is still okay. in there. Right. And uh, Brittany, who was um, Michael's sort of sidekick, a white lady. Uh, sure hope she but, goes and doesn't get anywhere near the top three because I can't stand her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end, like Tuesday-ish, uh, Taylor and Monty started making out in bed and the cameras cut away, so they may have had sex, too. I'm not really sure, because Monty was the HOH last week, so they were up in the HOH room. Did they cut back after 10 seconds? Then you know. <laughs> no, they were cut away for a couple <laughs> hours, I think. 
Oh. Look at Monty. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so Taylor won the final four HOH then, and then Monty has won the final four POV now. So they're both guaranteed final three. And it sounds like uh, they're taking Turner with them. Thank God. So, yeah. <laughs> so Brittany should be going out unless something really <laughs> weird happens because Monty has the only vote, and he knows if Turner's in the final three, he'll take Monty, and he knows Taylor will take Monty, and he would send himself. So he's guaranteed almost in the final two. I can't remember who Brittany is. What, what was her deal? Um, She's like a hypnotherapist. Okay. Yeah, all right. I remember that. I was going to say, was she the hypnotherapist lady? Yeah, she, she's really spiraled lately. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the, the one week... Uh, I actually caught up with her crazy eyes. Yeah, the week after they voted Kyle out for his cookout racist whatever comments, uh, Michael had promised Turner he wouldn't put him up since Turner put Kyle up and out. And then she spent all week trying to get him to put Turner up and then was making final two deals with everybody else in the house. Uh, she would have gone out this week, but she won the veto. When she won the veto, she said, this one's for you, Michael, even though the last thing he did in the house was just rip her apart to try and save himself during the double eviction. That was pretty funny. Um, But yeah, and now she's all pissy this week because she goes to bed at like 10 o'clock at night and everyone stays up till like six in the morning. So she's complaining that it's unfair because they can all talk to each other when she goes to bed. And it's like, you can just not go to bed and stay up. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you can adjust. Yeah, because I think there's only two or three episodes left. So I think they're on Sunday, Wednesday, and then Sunday is, again is the finale, maybe. Or they're not on Wednesday this week because the Survivor and Amazing Race are premiering. Oh. So I think the veto airs Sunday. The final HOH starts Thursday, and then next Sunday is the finale. I want to say. I think I have to do that spider cast next. Thank you. And uh, I think uh, so. If Jolie, maybe we, uh, he wants to come on the show. You talk to another Jolie. Yeah. You can do that. Um, Jank, have you been watching anything this week that's worthy of discussion? Uh, well, I watched the new season of Cobra Kai. Came out last weekend. Okay. Um, that show is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like every year, I swear. I don't know, kind of yes, but at the same time, I can't stop watching it. So, huh. <laughs> like, it's got me hooked. Like, I mean, the season finale ended up with people like basically trying to murder each other over karate. <laughs> 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 there were like a katana involved and size and all kind of bullshit and just like what the fuck is happening how did this escalate to this <laughs> over two rival you know dojos and shit i think there are uh, a couple ufc fighters are in this season uh tyron woodley the former champion and i think steven wonderboy thompson yeah oh yeah there's probably those guys early on they went down to mexico early on in the season to get the one kid back and uh there was like a uh some guys cage fighting at like a bar or something like that. Might have been them. Yeah, I've never watched the Cobra Kai. I really don't have any interest. <laughs> they brought pretty much everyone back now. Like they brought Mike Barnes back 
from Karate Kid 3 this season. Uh, the love interest from Karate Kid 3 was in this season. Um, I think they've brought pretty much everyone they could from the series back. <laughs> Other than, unless you start dipping into the Hillary Swank stuff, but. Is Elizabeth Shue? Did she ever show up? Yeah, she was in there a couple of seasons ago. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, she's like a doctor now, so like the one kid, like when they were all fighting at school, he fell off the stairs and like, you know, basically broke his back and was paralyzed. But she's like a spinal surgeon, so they had to call her in to, uh, to fix now, him up. Now when they called her in, did she just like clap her hands together and rub them really hard? And like, then, like... <laughs> she should have, but no. <laughs> you used actual scientific uh, okay. techniques in medicine. And then she clearly doesn't know what she's doing. Nope. <laughs> All right, the Cobra Kai. Yeah, I still don't watch anything except uh Yeah. Wrestling. Hey, Tuffy, any wrestling developments to discuss? Uh I saw Logan Paul was on tonight <laughs> challenging Roman Reigns or something. Yeah, I guess at the Crown Jewel, the next pay-per-view they do in Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel. The Saudis won uh Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns, so they're going to get Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Bailey fought Raquel Rodriguez, so that hey, was good. I like Raquel. Yeah. I'm a- yeah. That's and Braun then the Strowman, she's with Braun Strowman, you know. They're a couple. Really? Yeah, they've been a couple for like a long yeah. time. I think they're still together. Um, what Man. else, uh, wrestling uh, wise? Uh, hey, Oscar and, uh, Alexa were back together again on Raw there. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I sent you that Pictures. picture, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. <laughs> was very good. <laughs> that got me through my day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, AEW yeah. update. I think all the key players are still suspended, but they had their best rating in over a year without and without <laughs> Punk, without Omega, without the Young Bucks. They had their best rating in over a year. So, <laughs> I guess people think they're gonna talk about it, but yeah, I think so. I think that's what happened. But yeah, once that wears off, they realize they're not going to, and it's probably gonna be back in the toilet, the turlet. Yeah, they're also yeah. putting Daniel Bryan on TV now, finally, and they're pushing him for the title. And people, WWE fans, love Daniel Bryan, so they'll. they'll... Hey, football, fantasy football week one. Larry and I both won our games. We dominated. Uh, I'm trying to think of any. The Ryan came in dead last in the fantasy football. He had like crushed. Oh no! Have a good week. Sorry, the Ryan. Not a good week. Good week for Batman. <laughs> Only room to go up from here. Oh, oh hey, I watched. You know what else I watched? Um, there's a uh, a new season of Ink Master on Paramount oh. Plus. <laughs> I don't get Paramount Plus. I can't watch it's uh, it's been completely revamped. <laughs> yeah, I heard they got all different judges and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. It's it's not as good. Uh, I can definitely say that. I I never would have thought I would miss Dave Navarro as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that old guy with the mustache, the older guy with the mustache. Yeah, That's Oliver. Him. Oliver Pack. Yeah, he's always chewing like a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys had had personality. These new judges, not so much right right now. I mean, Ryan Ashley's fine because she was on the show so much that that she gets it. Oh, I don't but, even know who that is. Uh, she was like that, that woman, she kind of has like white hair, uh, kind of like a very pointy nose, a lot of tattoos. Oh. <laughs> she won one of those seasons. A lot of tattoos, that narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. <But I'm> just... 
Yeah, I haven't watched Ink Masters in a long time. Like, yeah, uh, I I love that show though for a while there. They're, I had like a good three year run with it. But... Yeah, the I noticed that the one thing they changed with it being on Paramount Plus now is they swear a lot more. <laughs> they don't keep it out or anything. It's just like you can have f bombs and shit. I think Dave Navarro does show up though at some point because I saw. Like, yeah, a, he'll he'll pop in on like a TV screen just to like throw in a, <laughs> you know wrinkle or something. And it's like, oh, Dave, where have you been? Because now it's just like, uh, they got, I think, Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. <laughs> so, oh, good Lord. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> Get old Ink Masters. Yep. House of Drag still going strong. Hey, how, hey, how's that monkey girl down? Is she all right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's only got one more week, I think. Yeah. That is the monkey lady. Great. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're done here. We've talked a lot. Um, so thanks to uh, Corey Seymour again. Backpage.com. Go buy some shirts like Tuffy. Thanks for buying shirts, Tuffy. Yeah. And at some point in the future, a Larry shirt. Ready. Um, <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> I still have my big and ugly Larry shirt that uh the that was a great shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, but if you come up with other ideas for Larry shirts, uh you two fellows let me know and any listeners out there let me pass them on the court. Like anyone's listening to the show at this point. <laughs> Three and a half hours. <laughs> So, uh, thanks to Tuffy. Thanks to Jank. Uh, Flea Market Fantasy this week. Uh, fuck. Uh, it was the one. It was Ant-Man. Oh, uh, Ant-Man, yeah. yeah. Kevin Jank is on there. You can listen to Kevin Jank talk about Ant-Man, the ultimate ninja. And then last night we recorded one with uh, your arch enemy, Miles Watson. <laughs> yeah, about wrestling, right? Uh, Marvel 2 and 1 Angel 7 from uh, 1982. Uh, the th- It's boxing. Boxing. Oh, even yeah, better. The, the champion of the universe comes down and challenges all the Earth's strongest heroes to a boxing matches. <laughs> so, so I love that champion of the universe. He's pretty one note, but it's a great one note. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, uh, Mike L. and uh, Miles Watson, they, they don't like him at all. Ah. Oh. Yeah. They were just shitting just, on him the whole time. Just likes combat. <laughs> so yeah, good. I, I didn't mind him, you know. I really didn't <laughs> defend him too much, but, I, yeah, I don't mind him. Um, yeah. But yeah, the book is the book is pretty much like a uh, terrible B movie, so it's so like it gets pretty ridiculous, but it's awesome. It's so bad, so um, something to look forward to. And then I think uh, the week after next week we're recording an episode with cousin Brandon. Ooh, we'll see theory. how long you get into that one. <laughs> yes, in theory, I, I think he picked uh, a Marvel team up issue where spider-man in the cast of saturday night live oh okay huh uh late 70s i think so, yeah, yeah I've, I've never read that we'll, uh, check that out isn't like uh john belushi doing the samurai thing on the cover i think so yeah yeah <laughs> i've been aware of the issue but i never read it so that'll be something so we'll in theory be doing that with cousin brandon Next week, uh, Jank will be picking a movie. I'm sure it'll be great. It'll have Sybil Danning and Donna Spear in it. <laughs> uh, no. I way, think Donna Spear, we've done her entire discography probably by now. 
<laughs> yes, because not only was this her final Sedaris film, this was her final acting role. Ooh. She, did, she did not do anything else after this. No movies, no TV appearances, nothing. Um, I think she had a kid, maybe. That's why. And, but uh, she does have a book. She did write a book a couple years ago. So I think we should all buy the book and read it and then discuss yeah. it on the show. I'll wait for you guys to just do a book report. I think I've, t- I've talked about this before, I think. But she had an affair with Bill Cosby. Whoa. Yeah. Sensually or <laughs> like with her knowledge? Apparently, like, she had a, uh, yeah, she was uh, his mistress for a while. I don't know. Wow. Well, Donna Spear, The Naked Truth, The Fall and Rise of Donna Spear. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> she would call it Speared. Yes, that would have been good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it gets rave reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what else we haven't talked about on the show real quick? Uh, I have a ground bees in my front yard. What? Ground <laughs> bees? <laughs> Has anyone ever encountered this? Bees dug a, a hole into my front yard, and they have a hive down in the ground in my front yard. Ooh. Uh, I know my parents have had them in like their landscaping before. Yeah. Like uh, flowers and stuff. Yeah. So I've been spraying stuff in there trying to get it, and they don't seem to. Like at first, I tried like the. Uh, it only makes them stronger. Yeah. So I tried like the natural way first. Uh, they say bees hate cinnamon, and they say if you pour cinnamon like in the hole and around the hole, they hate the smell of cinnamon, so they'll eventually leave. So I tried that. But then I went out and I like the bees were just dipping like the cinnamon sticks in their coffee and shit. So I don't think that helped. It. <laughs> yeah. It did not help. Yeah. So then I was spraying some shit we had down in the basement, and I I don't know, it's probably not even for bees. It said it's like for uh, small children. It's just a spray. I went to work. So, uh, but it, it apparently it's doing nothing. So I ordered net, something from Amazon. It's a, uh, it's like this squeeze bottle, and inside there's some sort of dust. And you're supposed to, like, put it in the hole and spray this into the hole, and, like, the bees will then leave or something. I don't know. But I, I might have to go do that tonight when we're done with the show. If uh, I don't know if it showed up today or not. I have to check the front door. It's supposed to be here today. Um, but uh, so I was hoping you, some of you guys had experience with uh, ground bees, but I guess. Uh, you just go to the hardware store, get that bee and wasps killer, and just spray the hell out of it. There were a lot of bees. Like, it, they had a whole operation going. You're like, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be ready to run, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they say that, like, I'll do this dusting at night, because the bees like to sleep. Yeah, uh, or just wait until the winter and then just, you know, dig out the nest. Then, because I don't think they do anything in the winter. Shit. If you aggravate them, they might. <laughs> I know Larry told me I, I had bugs in my office at work, like last <laughs> spring. <laughs> Larry was like. Use peppermint because, like, all animals apparently hate peppermint. It just drives them away. So if the cinnamon didn't work, maybe try some peppermint. Huh. Yeah. I like candy canes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I've been doing uh, in my life. Ground uh, bees. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't have the ground bees attacking my Chinese food delivery people. That's the only thing. <laughs> Make sure that they're safe. Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks, fellas. And uh, next week, uh, Jake will have a movie and then maybe a guest, but I doubt it. So until next week.
Pass the Machi Chi, Governor Gabby. Thank you very much.